Hey, this is David Howard Thornton. You might know me as Art the Clown for the movie Terrifier, and this is Without Your Head. of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. That would make me terrible, Troy. Mm-hmm. And we're joined by a long-time listener of the show, former the newsman here on the show, long-time supporter of the show, and now he has his own movie to talk about. We have Andre V on the show. How are you doing? Fantastic. How are you doing, Neil? Excellent. Welcome, Andre. You've come full circle. This is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm, you know, devoted fan to, uh, you know, contributor to now, uh, you know, filmmaker. I know, now a guest, an exactly. official guest. Exactly. And always been a friend of the show. Oh, yeah. Always. Always. And Neil and uh, Troy have, uh, you know, they have a nice little, you know, role in the film. Very, of, um, very honored to be asked. Yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, I always kind of felt bad for Neil ever since he got snubbed out of uh, The Human Centipede Part 3, but... Oh. I mean, I haven't seen The Human Centipede Part 3, but that might uh, be... You don't know. No, you should, be, you should be happy for him in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> After you see the movie, you'll understand. You'll be like, yeah, maybe that was a good thing. Yeah, I, I mentioned this just actually yesterday to someone, a friend of mine. And it was, uh, it's, it was really hard to talk about Human Centipede 3, because... Not only do I like the first two, and like you know, friendly with with several cast, like friends with some of the cast me- members, so it's very hard to talk about uh, talk about the movie because there's not much I can say that very positive about it. Right. <laughs> but but Neil, I'm sorry, are, they're sort of the fourth uh, 
you know, leg of which the, the movie stands on the characters. But kind so of they, once you see the movie, it's the, um, there seems a whole movie within a movie type, uh, type concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't have to get naked or uh, <laughs> you know, have my face in anyone's ass. Uh, that's a good thing, yeah. Or, or maybe I don't know. Maybe that's what you were looking. <laughs> I guess it depends. Maybe in Jason's next. I mean, in Andre's next movie, we can. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a, it was voice, so we could have been we could have been new. No, yeah, one. that's true. And you could have had your your head up my ass, and you know, nobody would have known. <laughs> I think would have muffled the voice. That's true. That's uh, true. So for for people who are not aware, hell. Uh, it's so I guess it's kind of hard to explain, but uh, give people an idea of what it is. Well, hell, it's basically a existential journey of uh, Crash. I play the uh, the main character in the film, and basically it uh, you know goes from the idea of hell as a uh, you know a conceptual hell to an actual uh, physical hell slowly over the course of the movie. And I mean, the movie kind of starts off fairly. Uh, normal and then as it progresses everything sort of spirals uh more downward for the character until uh he accidentally opens up the gates to hell and uh, accidentally ends up summoning the devil uh, when i first started watching i thought maybe it would almost be a silent movie because there isn't really any dialogue till a lot later in the movie uh right. did you did you ever think of just going completely that way or uh, how, how did they come about uh, that idea is basically, you know, waiting as long as possible to have any dialogue in the film. So basically, um, you know, I don't think there's any dialogues around, uh, you know, 30-minute mark in the film. But, um, you know, just kind of taking that concept from, like, 2001, A Space Odyssey, or There Will Be Blood, where the movie kind of opens on a prolonged period of silence. Um, but... You know, for the first two acts, there's not really any dialogue at all. And then once you get into the third act, um, it's actually pretty heavy with dialogue. But it's a, it's a little bit of a slow burner to get into there. But, you know, once the demons start coming up and the horror element really kicks in, um, you know, it's pretty much a different movie. But I really wanted to spend the first part of it, you know, just kind of focusing on the character, um, you know, because the first half of the movie is basically just uh, this guy wandering around, um, kind of like a Stephen King Dark Tower, you know, kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, devolves into, uh, you know, into actual manifestation of hell. No, it clearly was uh, done over like a period of time in many different places. So, how long did it take you to just even film it? Uh, I mean, you know, I probably got the first shot. In uh, 2012, and have just kind of been slowly shooting it, almost in sequence, um, bits and pieces of it ever since. But about you know the last half of the movie was pretty much all shot within the last two years. But I mean, it really takes a long time, just you know, building up all the money to buy the equipment and then uh, getting into the various locations and everything like that. But it was over the course of about 10 years. So. Uh- those different locations, obviously, is New York, uh, I believe Vegas, uh, looks like North, North Carolina, I mean, New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, did you go to those specifically to, to film, or were you there and decided to also film, you know, while you're in those, in those areas? Uh, I mean, I really went there, you know, with the intent of shooting, 
you know, like basically the New Orleans sequence is a lot different than um, the sequence that's shot on the Universal backlot in Hollywood where there's like, you know, the production value of the movie basically goes way up and, you know, there's all kinds of people in costumes and stuff like that. But, um, you know, some of the places just to do the reshoots, you would have to go back to uh, at least two or three times. But, um, you know, it was basically coordinated to go, you know, to those places specifically to shoot those scenes. Who helped you? Uh, who, who was your cameraman? Or, or did you? Is some of the stuff shot yourself, or do you always have uh, a cr- any crew members there? Uh, I mean, I have a pretty small crew, but it's pretty much just you know friends of mine, um, or you know depending on the location, uh, you know just people that you meet, like um, you know for instance the gathering of the uh, the juggalo sequence there. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of that stuff I shot myself, but, you know, there's a couple people that, um, you know, I just randomly met who weren't, you know, professionally trained as photographers, but I would kind of, you know, use them to get kind of their unique take on it without, you know, having somebody that was specifically thinking about, you know, setting up the shot, like, um, you know, just like typically it's always done. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't anyone with you the entire time? There wasn't like one single well, person with you? I mean, pretty much um, for every different scene, it was usually, you know, a different person. But, um, yeah. You know, there would be a lot of friends of mine that would be recurring. Um, mm-hmm. so, but, um, like a lot of stuff in Detroit, it was pretty much, just, you know, family members and friends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is there any uh, part of the character that, that's you yourself? I, I don't know. As far as I know, you're not, like, uh, you've never... Advices, but is there anything about the character that 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 is that is you? That's Andre. Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, the character is kind of an exaggeration of, um, you know, like basically, I've never been a, a heroin addict or <laughs> anything like that, or in a sword fight or anything like that. No, but I mean, it's just kind of using that as an extreme. Um, but I mean, in a lot of aspects is probably kind of the opposite you know mm-hmm. in a lot of ways uh but you know like towards the end where the character finally speaks i mean it's a lot of uh like the extremeness of like arrogance and stuff like that um which was just kind of you know trying to create something that was the opposite of what it was in a lot of uh a lot of aspects mm-hmm. yeah because i'm always saying you're very humble a humble man oh yeah yeah i mean kind of um you know, some of the theory that played into it, too, was, uh, you know, taking the aesthetic of uh, wrestling mm-hmm. and trying to combine that with uh, with a horror movie. Um, you know, for instance, there's a really long fight scene in the film that's kind of, uh, you know, kind of an homage to They Live, almost. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just kind of like taking the aesthetics of that, stuff that you wouldn't typically ever see in a movie, and... Um, just kind of, you know, exploiting that to people that wouldn't, you know, know anything about that world. Did, did you edit yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I edited um, the entire movie on Final Cut Pro, mm-hmm. and I pretty much just edited everything as I went along. Uh, the chunk towards the end of the, the first act, which is like a disassociative 
uh, claymation hallucination scene. That took, you know, probably about uh, two years to edit. That was probably the most complex part of the movie to edit. Yeah, I've always been a fan of your your claymation. You did, you know, a little without your head one. There's some on your YouTube page. I always think they're awesome. So yeah, how, uh, how, yeah, how labor intensive are they? I assume they must take a long time. Yeah, I mean, first you have to plan everything out, but um, you know, this time I went to the uh, the Stan Winston School, and you know, took some more in-depth classes about animation and uh, character effects and stuff like that. So. You know, really building the puppets takes the longest, actually. Mm-hmm. Once you have the sets made and the puppets made, shooting it, you know, probably only takes a couple weeks. Oh, but, wow. you know, doing all the preparation and getting all the props and everything before you even start shooting that, um, you know, can take like five to six months sometimes. So do you, do you, do you keep that stuff? I assume clay isn't like something where you can just keep forever. Yeah, I mean, like, some of the older models have kind of deteriorated and broken down. Um, but a lot of the newer ones, um, I mean, they probably won't last forever, but, I mean, they're pretty durable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, there's a lot of use of, like, a lot of different details in moving. Um, there's uh, stop motion, but there's also, um, you know, rod puppets and uh, cartoons, and there's even a, you know, CGI demon in it. Um and then the devil itself is like a basically, uh, you know, an old school kaiju type suit. So who built that? Was that something you built? Yeah, yeah, I built that. I probably took, you know, that was probably the longest part of the movie was building that suit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just to build the suit probably took about five to six months. Wow. Uh, but I mean, it's all, you know, mattress foam on the inside of it. Um. And then just learning to sculpt uh, with latex rubber and, um, you know, basically. Yeah, well, like his jaws are, they're like latex? Yeah. I mean, the teeth, the teeth are, um, you know, a hard sculpt. So mm-hmm. they're actually like almost real teeth. But then the inside and the mouth and the tongue and all that stuff, that's all just, you know, latex rubber. It's um, painted and tinted. But, you know, with all the portrayals of the devil in the media, you know, through different movies and everything like that, you know, I really wanted something that was a lot more uh, primal. Yep. So, you know, we kind of went with more like a beastly type of a devil as opposed to just like a guy in a suit or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in the devil? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, the devil's probably, you know, symbolic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just the opposite, you know, type of energy. But, uh, I mean, the whole thing that really sparked my whole interest in the movie was, um, you know, the first horror movie that was ever made was actually George Millier's, uh, I think it was called The House of the Devil. He actually made a whole series of, uh, you know, like they were short, silent, one reelers, Mm -hmm. you know, where he played the devil. And then, you know, there's just been hundreds of movies featuring the devil. So, but he was never really used as like uh, like the way Frankenstein or the Mummy or Dracula has ever been used. Really, you know, it's always kind of more of a kind of an ironic use of them, or you mm-hmm. know, cliche. Really, so that's really what the movie was a play on. But um, 
<clears throat> the movie was originally going to be called Phantasmagoria, uh, but I actually talked, you know, when I was out in Hollywood, um, I ended up getting picked up by this guy who said that he was a Hollywood producer. And I told him the name of the movie was going to be called Phantasmagoria. He said that nobody would ever remember that. So, <laughs> you know, hell, you'll have to direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, with Phantasm and the, um, the video game, Phantasmagoria, you know. Mm-hmm. I like it, though. I, I, you still use it in, in the movie, though. Right. Yeah. It's the name of the, the first act. In it. Yeah. You said you went to the Winston uh, School of... Uh, did you go there and take classes? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I actually learned from the guy, uh, Bill Bryan, who worked on um, the original Ghostbusters, the uh, Marshmallow Man. Oh, wow. Yeah, he actually designed it and performed it. So, um, you know, I taught this class on monster making, and that's basically what the, uh, the devil creature is based on. Is where I went from him. So and, how, how, yeah, go on, sorry. Oh, and another one of the puppets in the movie, um, it's like the hand and rod puppet. That was from a class from uh, B.J. Geyer, actually did a lot of the puppets on uh, prank anchors and stuff like that. So, you know, he was a real nice guy. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all those guys were just really nice and just really eager to, uh, to share the craft. And, you know, Was that the puppet with the bong? Yeah, yep. Oh, okay, yep. yep. Um, and he also appears, you know, briefly at the very end, too. Yep. So, so how, how long did you uh, study there for? Uh, I mean, it was, a, you know, I stayed there for about six six months. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. But, yeah it must uh, have been a pretty wild place to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody's just so passionate about, you know, keeping practical effects alive and making sure that it all just doesn't turn into... CGI, but I mean the stuff I learned from them was really invaluable. You know, with the uh, the kaiju and the um, the hand and rod puppet, and even making the uh, the you know stop motion last movie as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. There's also I thought a really good shot of uh, of the rotting apple, and I kept thinking that had to take a long time. Oh to, yeah, uh, that <laughs> that was actually its own um, its own camera, which was a special uh, time lapse camera. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, you know, I actually put the apple there, and that shot is actually over a period of uh, two years. Oh, my God. Wow. And I had, you know, no matter what I did, the apple wouldn't really rot, so I would have to, uh, you know, poke holes in it and, you know, pour water and alcohol and lemon juice on it. And eventually, towards the end there, I just kind of poured uh, applesauce all over it, and that created the mold. <laughs> That's pretty. Fa- that's actually very cool. That uh, I, I could, yeah, I could have used that on my pumpkin a couple of years ago. Right. Yeah. I mean, they uh, they make these little time lapse cameras. Actually, you know, but yeah, that was just um, you know, basically, I just made a piece of asphalt to match uh, being there, and just basically sat there and took one picture every day for two years. So. Oh wow. Yeah. That's dedication. Yeah. Definitely. And that's, you know, it ends up being only one shot in the movie, but... Yeah, but it's very, it's a very memorable shot. I, I dug it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it kind of has that Evil Dead kind of feel to it as well. That's very true, because even though it is uh, time-lapse, it does have kind of a... It has almost the, uh, 
you know, a stop motion feel to it, I guess, because it's, you know, jumping through time. Right. And you see, you know, the gloopiness and the slime deteriorate and, mm -hmm. you know, that's really kind of when the, uh, the horror element kind of starts up in the, the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I really wanted to take the first half, um, and not have any horror element and kind of, you know, how do you, uh, kind of introduce a character without any dialogue? Um, you know, but just kind of having a character that doesn't say anything to the end was was basically the idea of it. Mm -hmm. but I it, think I was really surprised when you did start to speak. Yeah. I had gotten so used to him just not talking at all. Right. And that kind of has the shock, you know, shock. Yep. Um, but, I mean, the stuff in the woods, you know, that was all, all you know, pretty much all the effect shots all had to be done separately. But once we actually got, um, you know, the actor Bartholomew Powers in the devil suit, uh, we shot all of that, you know, within like two or three days. But, um, you know, the guy in the suit actually does the voice for the devil as well, which, you know, he obviously does a really great job because you can't even uh, recognize him, which is, you know, a mark. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So uh, who did the poster art? It's uh, absolutely uh, awesome. I love the poster. Yeah, uh, there's a buddy of mine named uh, Rob Israel, who um, is an artist down in Texas. But uh, I guess he actually, you know, has a pretty big following. And uh, I just reached out to him, and you know, this is the first uh, the first original movie poster he's ever done. But and I'm really happy with how it came out. That's pretty wild too. Yeah, that's yeah. very cool. You should definitely put oh, that yeah. on some shirts or something. Yeah, I think it'd be a perfect shirt design. I mean, mm -hmm. but, yeah, he definitely put a lot of work into that. Mm -hmm. So when did you go blonde? Uh, I think it was about a year, maybe. Yeah, it was about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. But, um, you know, that, that was probably the hardest part of the movie was shooting over such a long period of time and keeping the continuity of the hair intact. Mm-hmm. So did you did you do it for the movie or was it just something you wanted to do and then you know it just had, becomes part of the movie? Uh, I mean you kind of see like the evolution of the character, you know, through the different hairstyles. Mm -hmm. So when the movie starts, you know, he kind of has like a Beatles kind of haircut, mm -hmm. and then over the course of that, the hair gets longer and longer, and then um, you know once he has the long blonde hair, uh, it's kind of when the character really starts to change. Mm -hmm. But, you know, towards the end of the movie, uh, he ends up with kind of the Travis Bickle look. So, you know, you're not really sure where the character arcs going to go next. Mm -hmm. You are God's lonely man. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is a real, you know, real character study. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, you had, it was, you pretty much had to uh, film it in order then. Or else, you know, it would have been your hair would have been different sizes and colors, you know, going right. in and out, and that wouldn't have made much sense. I mean, you know, a lot of the stuff with the black hair wasn't shot in order. Mm -hmm. But after I had the blonde hair, I was sort of forced to shoot in order after that. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, to have a movie, you know, I mean, there's so many different places that you can go with hell and demons. It's kind of hard to fit it all in one movie. But, um... You know, just kind of using, like, 
just kind of like the American wasteland, just like a metaphor for it instead of just, you know, because you couldn't do a movie inside of hell unless it would just be, like, it'd just basically be an entire CGI fest for the whole movie, really. Mm-hmm. It's the only way it could really be done, but, um, you know, kind of taking more of the Advent Rising approach of kind of, you know, more of a theoretical hell. Mm-hmm. But, you know, by the end of the movie, you know, it, it exploits the real hell element with, uh, you know, the quotations from uh, Paradise Lost and uh, Dante's Inferno. And... So what what is hell to you? Ah, uh, I mean, you know, I think it's probably more like a state of mind, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know... To believe in like a real, actual, you know, hell and just fire and brimstone and stuff like that, um, you know, I don't really believe in that. Mm-hmm. Now, but, um, you go on. But I mean, just like as a concept, and uh, you know, the devil is kind of more of like a pop culture icon of, you know, how he's been portrayed over the years, kind of getting more to, uh, you know, just more like a rudimentary basis of like what. Hell actually is. You know. mm-hmm. Now I want to bring up. Uh, it's kind of a sad topic. Well, it is a sad topic. Obviously, he's a mutual friend of all of ours, uh, Tommy, who mm-hmm. passed away uh, a few years ago. And was he uh, was he involved in anything while you're shooting this? Because he would have been live, you know, when you uh, when he started anyway. Because I did yeah. see Vault of Midnight, the uh, the comic book shop that you named your podcast after. Oh yeah, I mean that was um, yeah Tommy's podcast there. But I mean, he, um, I mean, he really just helped me with one shot kind of in the beginning. So, you know, it's unfortunate. I wish that, uh, that he could have seen the flick, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of thought of him too, as I was watching it, just, you know. Yeah. Been like, wow, he would have really dug this. He really would have. Yeah. I know he would have. Uh, especially with the, uh, you know, the missing animation for Oh yeah. So, uh, what are you planning on doing with it? I know right now it's on YouTube. Oh, uh, well, you know, originally I was going to take it on the, um, you know, the film festival circuit. Mm-hmm. I think probably the best thing to do with it is to, um, you know, submit it to all the horror conventions. You know, like uh, Monster Palooza and Days of the Dead. Um, you know, things like that, where I think an audience, you know, could really go wild for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I've been talking to, you know, you know, some of the people there, and, uh, you know, I think that might be uh, a good place to really show in front of an audience for the first time. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, who has seen it? Like, uh, you know, before you put up on YouTube, uh, did you, who who, who the people you showed it to? Uh you know, I mean, just close friends of mine. Um, you know, just really people to get feedback on it. Um, you know, to see if maybe I need to change anything or, uh, you know, correct anything before, you know, I finished it. At least in it. But, um, you know, I think the goal is just to get, you know, really seen by as many people as possible. Uh, and then, you know, the next movie really promote that one a lot more on the, um, you know, more like the mainstream or, you know, underground film festival circuit. Mm-hmm. So what is the next movie? Uh, I mean, I'm still trying to figure that one out, but, um, you know, I'm thinking maybe some of this more, 
you know, not as effects heavy, but kind of something that's more cerebral, but is still, you know, still within the horror genre. Uh, you know, maybe something like more science fiction, but, you know, it's really hard to do science fiction without uh, any kind of budget. So maybe make something that kind of monopolizes on, on not having a budget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any ideas? Or you don't want to, you might, you don't want to give them away here. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know, it always seems like uh, you think you know what the next project's going to be, and then it always seems to be something different. So I don't want to, you know, jinx it yet, but I definitely have a lot of ideas for it. Mm-hmm. So when you showed it to some friends and stuff, uh, what was the general feedback like? Uh, I mean, overall, I think um, they really like I mean, you know, the movie's a little bit of a slow burner through, um, you know, parts of the second act. But, um, I mean, together as a whole, I think they really liked it. I mean, since the movie's only an hour long instead of, you know, an hour and a half or two hours, mm-hmm. um you know, it seems like every movie has at least a couple of scenes that seem like they just kind of drag on a little bit longer than they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with having it just be an hour, um, you know, hopefully some of the slower parts, you know, don't seem so slow since it is more of a fast-paced movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have a question. Is when, uh, During your fight scene with the devil... And you're yeah. flying through the through the air, through the trees, and that's pretty sweet. Uh, was that with a trampoline, or how, how, did, how did you shoot that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was basically on a trampoline in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then it cuts to, I'm basically on a box, jumping off, um, you know, again in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And then when it cuts to the real-time... Um, you know, that's just basically jumping off of the stage under the ground. Um, but, you know, since I did all, you know, had to do all my own stunts, obviously. Mm-hmm. Did you get hurt? Uh, I mean, not really, but... Um, I mean, you don't I, have any Tom Cruise stories? No. <laughs> all right. No, but, I mean, for every time that I fall in the movie, I probably had to, you know, shoot it about ten times or, you know... Mm-hmm. Just roll down some steps. Yeah, I mean those were those were real concrete steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one, you know, I actually had to reshoot it twice. So I probably rode down the steps probably well, like twenty or thirty times altogether just to get that <laughs> sequence. Uh, was, uh, had you ever rolled down steps before? No. No, I was just kind of, uh, you know, improvising there. The first. <laughs> Learning on the fly on that one, huh? Yeah. I mean, you, you wonder how they shoot, uh, you know, some of the, you know, mm-hmm. scenes. But mm-hmm. This is probably all just padding, but, you know, I just, you know, did it over and over again with no padding, so. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a while since we've had you on the show. Um, obviously, hell, we want people to see, but... What what are some uh, recent horror movies uh, you've really enjoyed over the last few years? Hmm. You mean like uh, modern modern horror? Yeah, movie? yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, like the Baba Duke's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, some of the stuff on you know, like Stranger Things is another really good one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. In terms of like 
a great horror movie. I mean, like Get Out was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Wasn't you know like crazy about it. I liked it. I, no, I mean I thought it was really good, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like you know, in terms of like you know stuff like The Purge and you know stuff like that, I don't really get too excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought I thought the first Purge, which not the first movie, but the the latest movie where the name is called The First Purge. I thought it was the best of the series. Huh. I I haven't seen that one yet either. I don't know. I mean, there hasn't really been like a great, you know, horror film. And, you know, Indian Falls was pretty good. Uh, I liked that. Uh, I really like Devil's Candy. Yeah, I liked that one a lot too. I haven't seen that one yet. I think you'd like it. One you'd like too, I think, is uh, Train to Busan. If you haven't seen that one, <laughs> good, good zombie movie. Uh, I mean, what? Guillermo del Toro. He's always. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure you saw Shape of Water. Oh yeah, I mean that was just you know fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I cool. a lot of people, um, you know, tried calling it you know fish porn. But... <laughs> Yeah, you, know. you can't please everybody. Uh, I mean, there's it's not like pornographic. You don't see, right. uh, you don't even see the, uh, the the things thing. Right. So you don't see the little. You don't see his hoopity high going into <laughs> her uh, whoopity woo, and then I go whoop whoop whoop. You know what I'm saying? Don't <laughs> don't see his guppy. Right, right. For people not understanding, you don't see his uh, penis enter her vagina. Whoa, now, fellas. Oh, okay. All off screen, or any of her orifices, for that matter. All right. Strictly anal in this movie. <laughs> There's no penetration of any kind. Doesn't. <laughs> I'm not going to see it now. Uh, <laughs> no money shots. Nah, I'm gone. I'm yeah. dead. That would out. be something if he just like splooged in her face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would bring a whole new like aspect of the movie. In <laughs> exactly. A Serbian film. That was nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah, oh, I'm a big fan of the Serbian film. Me too. Mm-hmm. Very well. Uh, you know, a lot of people just see it as a shocking movie, and it definitely has, you know, incredibly shocking scenes, but I think it's a really well made movie and very well acted. Yeah. I mean, if you just viewed it as like a drama, I mean, it's a good. Yeah. Good Honestly, movie. I think the second time I liked it even better because the first time I, you know, like most people, you see the shocking things, like, well, it's crazy. But then I watch it a second time and you really see it more. For the story and uh, it's the, very well, it's obviously and that main say, guy is so good in it. I think oh, like, yeah. it's so well acted that movie. Yeah, and the villain guy is great too. The uh, yeah. you know the director, he's so yeah, over the top. And the, and, the outrageousness kind of mm-hmm. drama. Mm-hmm. What's that Turkish one too, Neil? Um, oh. Oh, Baskin. Baskin. Yeah, Baskin's great. I think you'd like yeah. it, Andre, if you haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's on Netflix. And uh, Thirty One. I, I enjoyed Thirty One. I thought that was a pretty good one. The Rob Zombie movie. I liked it too. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan, but Troy liked. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, Three from Hell. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait for that one. I don't know how they're gonna explain how they survived getting shot out at the end. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I thought that too. And then, uh, then the more I think about it, it's like, well, you know, at the end of the day, it is a movie. So, yeah. what the hell? I'm just happy that the, that they're back. It's cool to see another movie with them. 
I mean, they could always do like Halloween, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, where the ending is just a dream sequence or something like that. Dear God, no, don't. We'd never want to think about that movie again. <laughs> then it's a white horse. That's it. Of Sid Haig riding across on a white horse. The living dead girl makeup. <laughs> Maybe they just got shot, and then they just... then They just they got better. Because <laughs> yeah, it looks like from the clips they're in prison. So. Right. It seems like it's kind of taken on the uh, kind of a Manson family kind of vibe, you know? Like, yeah. Kind of ampling up, you know, parts of the trial. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. But, you know, I'm happy to see more of uh, of those three characters. Yeah, I mean, probably out of you know, like a modern horror franchise, or probably, you know, probably the most memorable. I mean, I prefer that over like a Saw. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's definitely like the closest we have to like a modern, uh, iconic, like uh, villain. Would be that, oh, yeah. and you know, you have to put Jigsaw in there. If you, I don't really like those movies either, but uh, right. he would be in there though. But uh, we, yeah. you know, like we don't have like, there's not, you know, in the eighties and the seventies, there was you know all kinds of. Uh, that's when Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers, Leatherface, and all those guys came out. It'd be way before that, you know, you had Wolfman. Right. Uh, yeah, but for a long time, there really wasn't anything like that. It was just kind of. Really, just uh, remakes of those same movies. Yeah, and, and now it seems like uh, you know they still just push, push the remake and sequel and, and prequel. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's kind of trapped in that. I'm afraid. Yeah, now you know, the sequels that you know omit all the other sequels. Yeah. Uh, well, kind of like yeah, the new Halloween, where you just kind of forget. Yeah, the, which uh, the Halloween you know, that came in between. <laughs> Which, you know, if it's a good movie, it's fine, but oh, yeah. it's not even an original idea, because that's exactly what H2O did. This right. one's just skipping over more movies. But, I'm uh, intrigued by it, though, when I saw the trailer. Oh, I gotta I say, I really, yeah, I really am looking forward to it. I mean, it definitely looks, you know, like one, you know, a lot better than probably any movie since Halloween, you know, the original Halloween. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think it looks, it looks good. Uh, I want to see it. Yeah. Now, a lot of us a lot of, like, the sequels of late are really just remakes of the... Not even just horror, but in general. It'll say it's a sequel, but it's really just a remake of the first movie. Yeah. Like, the new, the Star Wars Episode uh, 7. You know, I liked it, but really it's just a remake of the original Star Wars movie. Yeah. Or even, uh, you know, um, I saw the other day uh, Dumb and Dumber 2. It was pretty much exactly... <laughs> An exact remake of the first movie. The same jokes, the same story. Uh, Just with older, <laughs> creepier Jim Carrey and the other guy. A lot of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it's not really a new thing, I think, because Evil Dead 2 really is just Evil Dead, only with yeah. uh, with a bigger more budget, comedy. Yeah. more comedy. Yeah. I mean, they're slightly, you know, different characters, but I mean, it's kind of a slightly different movie. You know, it's not an exact yeah. remake, but... Uh, and then it's like every movie now has to have a shared universe. Like apparently, there's going to be another uh, Conjuring spinoff. Yeah, the Nun that one's already coming out, and then I think I think they're doing a, another Annabelle, and then they right. put into a lot of these things hoping for spinoffs because the Nun, even though it is very cool looking and stuff, it really had no nothing to do in that movie it was in. <laughs> Just right. kind of stuck in there. 
I mean, does every movie really need to have a, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe type thing? Well, they all try to do it, you know, and it's like they don't realize that it just kind of happened naturally with the Marvel thing. It's like you can't force it. It just has to either, you know, come just naturally or don't do it at all. Right. And, and those have those have the uh the um the history of the of the source material behind them too. It's not like you're just creating all this out of nothing. Yeah. Like well, the, did they finally give up on the dark universe thing? The whole uh I think I I think so. I hope so. I think they said the mummy was, you know, the last one. <laughs> Good. <laughs> if you saw the mummy, you'll understand. Uh did they you guys? Tom, Tom Cruise kind of took over the mummy and you know, yeah. just made it a, an action. <laughs> yep. Did you guys see the new trailer? It just came out, I think, yesterday or maybe today for uh, the new Teen Titans series, the TV show. Oh, you mean the the, the live action one? Yeah. Uh, There's a live action Teen Titans. Uh huh. That's the one with the dirty Robin in it, where he's just like. <laughs> no, dirty. is it really? Yeah. Oh, so it, in the trailer, Robin just they they cut into Robin and he goes, "Fuck Batman!" <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell? Like, I, I didn't understand. I don't know what kind, what show, what cable, you know, has to be on cable, I guess, for him to say "fuck Batman." I don't <laughs> think that'll be on like you know the Cartoon Network or Fox or something. I think even basic cable usually cuts out "fuck." Like they only get one "fuck" a season, I think. That was like the rule of Breaking Bad, I think. Oh, okay. Wow. Just seems like the DC stuff is just so scattered. Yeah, and they're obsessed with everything being dark and gritty. It's like, why does Robin need to be this dark, dreary guy (laughs) going, fuck Batman? Yeah, that's weird, because I just saw that um, the Teen Titans, the the animated show, is getting like a movie. They're getting Mm -hmm. like a... Oh, yeah. It's like a theatrical movie. Teen Titans Go, I believe. Yeah. And it's actually a lot of fun. Like, I'll watch that with the nephews and stuff. It's pretty good. I think it's Tartakovsky. It's kind of almost a joke on, uh, you know, know, like as a continuity of of a franchise, it just is kind of so, you know, starts again, stops again. (laughs) Yeah. Um. There was a really funny. Uh, it was a, a skit on Conan O'Brien that's been they've been sharing on Facebook, and it was uh, Conan's Batman, and he's sitting at the DC table like at lunch in the cafeteria, and so it's him and Superman and uh, the robot guy and Aquaman, and like he goes over because he wants to sit with the Marvel guys, like the Black <laughs> Panther, because they're all having fun, and that's awesome. <laughs> it's really funny. And then he leaves, and it just starts to rain. <laughs> right in the cafeteria. That's perfect. Yeah, it was, it was very funny. You have to watch it. It's all, it's all over the Facebook. All right, I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. So how can people follow hell? Your how? movie, not like, you know, the actual place. Yeah, I mean, the movie is probably... <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, it's on YouTube. Uh, you know, uh, if you go to uh, Helveticus on uh, Twitter, you can also see it there. Um, but you know, I just basically wanted to put it, uh, you know, and make it 
available for free so everybody could see it and then uh you know then maybe charge you know for the next one you know maybe uh two to five dollars or something like that we'll mm-hmm. see. like video demand kind of deal so. yeah that's pretty cool yeah. you know make it uh you know make it make it all decent mm-hmm. and how about follow yourself they need to follow andre and how do you say your last name i've known you for like 15 years <laughs> <and I can laughs> It's uh, Van Polvoord. Van Polvoord. All right. All right. I'll try to remember that. I'm very, I feel terrible because I'm not even joking. I think I've known you for 13, probably 13 years. Yeah. And uh, I always just call you Andre V. I mean, it is, you know, a bit of a tongue twister. Uh-huh. The abominable Andre Van Polvoord. <laughs> you should have told that producer when he said, like, no one will remember Phantasmagoria, and he's like, oh yeah, well how about this last name? <laughs> like, Holy shit. Yeah, hit him with that one. <laughs> but I mean, it was kind of a dream come true, you know, just to, uh, you know, be able to shoot on the, the Universal backlot. Uh, you know, oh, just that had to be badass. Yeah, so how did that happen? Did you just sneak in? Are you like, uh, is this like yeah. a real low movie? Oh, it is? That's awesome. <laughs> Like, don't mind me. <laughs> it was pretty much, uh, you know, during the Halloween Horror Nights there. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they keep it open at night uh, until like 2 o'clock in the morning or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much a lot of the footage there was just walking through the different houses. I mean, they had, uh, you know, like Ash versus the Evil Dead House and the Shining, you know, attraction and all that kind of stuff, but... You know, just basically using the production value of, you know, they already have hundreds of people already made up. Mm-hmm. Anyone, anyone give you a hard time? or they just no, mind? I mean, you know, they're all actually really open about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, I mean, was the, where was the hardest place to shoot? Uh, I mean, the hardest place to shoot was probably at the, at the Gathering of the Juggalos. Um. Just because I mean, there was so much going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, I kind of was, you know, thinking what would be, you know, like a really good metaphor for the apocalypse. <laughs> and, you know, the gathering of the juggalos just kind of seemed like the perfect fit. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that, the carnival ride aesthetic, fire and garbage everywhere. and People throwing piss. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, um, when I went there, they would uh, light fireworks. Mm-hmm. They would throw them at the uh, at the stage. <laughs> Fireworks would go off at the uh, at the musicians. Uh, but I mean, you know, it sounds like a, it sounds like a really good idea on paper. But you're, <laughs> and you're surrounded by about ten thousand uh, drunken uh, juggalos. It's uh-huh. that was probably the most chaotic part for sure. Yeah, that doesn't even sound like a good idea to me on paper. No. Because they're rowdy when they're sober, that gang. So when they're they're really out of control. (laughs) Did you get any Fago? Oh, yeah. I actually, uh, you know, got into a fight with Violent J&M. Really? Yeah. Uh, Because, you know, basically these guys kind of, they kind of drive around in a golf cart throughout the whole, uh, you know, (laughs) thing. Uh-huh. They just give up all of their best drugs to, you know, to the, basically their their leaders. Uh-huh. Wow! So you have to pay tribute to them. Yeah. 
So he was mad that you didn't give him any drugs? Give me drugs and women. What are you doing? (laughs) So by the time they got on the stage, you know, they're basically so out of it, they couldn't even, um, you know, they couldn't remember the lyrics to their songs. Uh And so the jugglers kind of turned on them, you know, like they would light fireworks and throw them at them. Wow. (laughs) We're not going to take it. So I actually ended up flipping off uh, Violent J there, and he you know, hit me in the, uh, in the eyes with a diet. Uh, you know, they all... With <laughs> <laughs> like a diet red pop. Like, oh. uh, diet root beer, actually. Is a <laughs> so you, you're standing there, and everybody's totally covered in, uh, in diet soda. And... <laughs> it's not a really great time, you know. <laughs> That's totally oh bizarre. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but people do walk around and hand out the, you know, sweet tarts to list with OSD right in the front row there. Uh, so you, did, did you get any of that, or you stayed away from that? Ah, uh, I mean, you know, a little bit. All right. Made the film, <laughs> made the filming a lot more difficult. <laughs> Maybe that's why you know, part of the movie is so, uh, you know, so hectic. You know? Uh, and the, the easy rider approach to some of them. <laughs> oh man! So uh, did you? So you? So he's uh, Dondre's taking LSD and he's drinking the uh, drinking the uh, the Robitussin. <laughs> well, just a, just he's a Daryl. Like, Hopper Road now, yeah. man. I mean, that's what I mean. That's what the uh, you know in the film. You know, that's what the film's about. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't want to see you end up in, like, rehab or anything. Oh, no. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the, well, the little gathering is uh, something I would never do again. <laughs> so that was a one-time deal. Yeah. I would, I would leave it at that. Where well, was I that I got to say, I was thinking about that myself at one time, and now I, I'm pretty sure I can pass on that. Yeah, I was invited to one one year. Uh I mean, they do have uh, you know, the show. wrestling in the middle of the night there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was invited to that uh, when I was to be Uncle Slam. I'm not exactly, I've never been exactly sure to do what, but I think I just come out and people would tell me. Just that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Throw shit at me and rocks and batteries. Yeah. They bring out Diapers. random people to get abused. <laughs> Here's a hot dog. Kind of up, up, like stoning. One of, uh, like Hell's Angels uh, annual gathering. <laughs> so where was it? Where was that? Uh, they had the gathering last year out in Oklahoma City, so it was about 100 degrees out there. Oh, oh wow. Man. So... You know, he basically had a lot of people walking around with no clothes on. They probably shouldn't be walking around with no clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the scariest part of the uh, being... See the jungle juggalo junk. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's something nobody wants to see. <laughs> Do they paint their nether regions? Like they do uh, like pond makeup like I mean unfortunately they don't. No. <laughs> I'm sure that could catch on as the, as the Oh yeah, you put like a red clown nose, you know, on that and you'd mm-hmm. be alright, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so what it was really weird because like I guess in, in Oklahoma City they're all, you know, really conservative. 
Mm-hmm. So no, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess they have like a lot of like undercover police that went there, and mm-hmm. I guess that's why a lot of people were mad at them and you know, throwing fireworks and stuff. At them. Wow. <laughs> but uh, you know, needless to say, the, the same clown posse, you know, sort of got uh, you know they're not in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you go to uh, Stephen King's house? Yeah, yeah, that was actually shot right uh, right in front of his house in uh, Bangor, Maine. There. Oh, that's totally cool too. Yeah, I mean, you know, living in Maine is probably, you know, one of the best locations you could use. I mean, it's been used in, uh, like, a lot of horror magazine videos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just love the, uh, the gate design there. Definitely had a real, you know, gothic, uh, you know, kind of feel there. But then the, the fight scene that comes after that... Um, you know, basically the idea behind that is the guy's like a lone, uh, you know, juggalo. Mm-hmm. But he's also a wrestling fanatic. Uh, so he's kind of like a mankind impersonator. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so he's just sort of like a drunken maniac. And out of that stems a uh, they live type of scene. <laughs> Where you know, did you find that guy? Was that someone you knew that just... Yeah, wanted I mean, to do something like that. Okay. I mean, that was a friend of mine. I mean, mm-hmm. I kind of do, uh, you know, really coax him into it. But um, you know, it was all basically, you know, based off of hardcore wrestling. So I like the little dog collar shot. You know, it's like a little uh, Roddy know. Piper and uh, Greg Valentine action. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I think that's definitely a match that doesn't get talked about enough. You know? Yep. But yeah, that's definitely where that idea came from. Mm-hmm. So uh, you wouldn't go through a table. You take the big table bump. Uh, yeah. uh, how how was that? What was that like? Did it hurt? Ah, uh, no, that was actually a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it just kind of you know, it was like you know, just landing on air basically. So what was the funnest thing to shoot? Uh, the funnest thing to shoot is probably um, probably shooting the stuff with the devil. Or actually, um, you know, shooting the stuff at Mardi Gras in New Orleans is a lot of fun as well. Mm-hmm. I've never been to New Orleans, uh, so that was a good time? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it was kind of like, um, you know, similar to the uh, the gathering, but a lot tamer, you know? Uh-huh. Probably, probably friendlier people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um Ew. I mean, you know, the Juggalos, you know, they're a friendly bunch, but probably... Uh, Rowdier. Well, eight out of ten of them would probably tell you that New Jack is their favorite wrestler. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> much more violent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we get the more laid-back drunks at, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in New Orleans. Yeah, the shooting down in New Orleans is a lot of fun. Um, you know, just using kind of the neon uh, a backdrop there. Mm-hmm. You know. So did you- so did you get wasted on Bourbon Street? Ah, uh, not too bad. I mean, I really, you know, spend more of my time, you know, shooting and. Uh, uh-huh. uh, yeah, don't listen to me. Don't do that. Be more productive. Which was actually weird because there's actually, um, you know, they didn't allow alcohol at the, uh, you know, the juggler gathering. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Sort of made them uh, rowdy because they all had to resort to uh, other things. Mm-hmm. 
Did you uh, give anyone any beads? Ah, uh, no. No. But I don't know. The bead, the bead thing doesn't happen as much as, as you would think it is. You know? Oh, really? Um, you know, like some of the stuff was down in the, um, like, you know, Cajun cultures kind of outside of, uh, you know, like Bourbon Street in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where it comes to the parade there, it's actually um, a Zulu parade, which is like a really famous thing down in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. What was the food like? Uh, the food was probably the best part. Mm-hmm. You know, jambalaya and, um, you know, I mean, it's all pretty spicy, but I mean, it's all, you know, I mean, you can't really compare it to anything in New England. You know? I mean... Yeah, mm-hmm. fried chicken and waffle houses, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it looks uh, I've always wanted to go. I think I'd, I'd enjoy myself. Just yeah. the food alone, I think. I, mean, I think they have a mad monster party down there. But... Yeah, the yeah, food drink would keep you entertained, Neil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, it's nonstop, nonstop food drink everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all pretty exceptional. So. Mm hmm. So you said you were you edited the the hell while you were uh, going along. I assume that would make the make it quicker than editing it all at one time. Yeah, I mean, towards the end, um, I didn't really have to do too much because uh, a lot of the stuff was edited in advance. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it was really just you know probably the biggest advantage I had on making the movie was just having the time to you know, really tweak every frame of it, um, you know, over a long period of time and recut certain portions of it. Um, I mean, I probably spent a year just going through the footage and, you know, re-editing certain parts, knowing that, you know, there's probably a better scene in certain parts, you know, just, you know, differently. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just using Final Cut Pro and, uh, I mean, you know, all the tools are really accessible and, Really easy to sort of master after you've been using them for a long time, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, editing ever since I was a kid on, uh, you know, just connecting two VCRs together and kind of, you know, making my own, um, you know, movie marathons of, you know, cutting off the, uh, you know, the opening title or the credits of uh, one thing and just, you know, putting like whole movie series on one tape or re editing things, stuff like that. So, I mean, I've probably been editing longer than. Well, that's good because I wouldn't have a clue. I think, like, if I was thrown into that situation, I, I'd be lost as far as like the editing things go. Yeah, I mean, it takes a minute to kind of figure it out, but once you kind of get into it, it's kind of like Photoshop or anything. I mean, it's pretty easy to navigate. Yeah, I was, uh, I've saw, you know, I've never uh, edited like a, a movie, but I've done a lot of my own videos, but it's, uh, I think the hardest part for me is always getting in, just starting it. It's yeah. always uh, like I always think, oh, I don't want to sit here and edit. Oh, but really? once you do it, like time does fly by, and you can kind of get in a groove. I think. Yeah, I mean, once you get into it, it's almost kind of like a rhythm that you kind of feel. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I've always been a real big fan of uh, you know, a lot of the ever since uh, you know even the old uh, dinner movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are fun to do. Troy and I have been doing some uh, some movie reviews that people have been digging, so they're fun. No, I like those. 
Um, and you know, up to conventions was a lot of fun too. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I'll be getting a whole bunch of videos uh, here when we go to uh, to England for Freight Fest. There should be a lot of cool videos coming from that. Uh, when? Uh, how long are you going to be in England? Uh, for a week. Oh, nice. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Are you going to be the uh, big guest there? Uh, we'll be there at Fright Fest as a press for uh, the big horror movie convention in England. Nice. Uh, festival. Festival. Oh, nice. I can't wait for that. Yeah, there's some really cool movies uh, playing there I'm looking forward to. Yeah, you've got to see like the list of flicks. Like, There's no way you could see them all over the five days. Yeah, you'd have to just watch nothing but movies, like, all day long. You couldn't do anything else, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so we're going to play, Jason and I are going to play in that this weekend, which ones we're going to see, because mm-hmm. uh, we want to do other stuff while we're in England as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be really cool to go there. Yeah, I've never been there. Yeah. I've never been out of the States. Oh, you'll love it. It's It's a great place. Did you film anything in Cuba? Because I know you went to Cuba not too long ago. Or probably longer than I think. Yeah, I mean, there's actually two shots in Cuba. One of them's in the, um, the image, mon- the still image montage there. And the other part is, um, you know, the sunset over the river there towards the, uh, right before the epilogue, yeah. But, you know, going to Cuba was really great. I mean. Oh, I bet. Yeah. It's one of those countries that's really hard to uh, to get in and out of. I mean, coming back, they kept us at the Canadian border for like I think like ten hours. Wow! So that was that was pretty intense. That's a place I know very little about. Yeah, I mean it's um, I mean, it's still a communist country, but I mean it's really beautiful. Mm. And it's I mean, weird that you go to uh, the Canadian border from Cuba. Seems like a long distance. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, flew out of Canada. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you could get there at the time. Oh. But, um, no, I mean, going there is really great, and the people were just, you know, some of the nicest people I've ever met. I mean, they were really nice. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear, anyway. You smoke a Cuban cigar? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and a Cuban sandwich? <laughs> They actually didn't really. Ha- they actually don't really have Cuban sandwiches. There. Oh no, that's breaking my heart. You're gonna tell me there's no like mojitos there too? <laughs> no, I mean they do have you know the best mojitos. In the world. I, I don't recommend going there, you know, and potentially get them. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of you know a lot of fun to travel and make a movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of. Uh, you know, perseverance in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, once you have enough confidence, I mean, you can do anything. So, I, some I'm, I don't know, uh, Andre. Um, uh, I know you've watched horror movies your whole life. Were your parents always cool with you watching horror movies? And uh, what do they think about you wanting to make movies? Uh, I mean, you know, they've been pretty supportive of that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, they probably weren't such a fan of, uh, you know, me watching some of the slasher movies when I was, you know, a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, I definitely say, you know, they've been pretty, you know, really supportive throughout the whole thing. Did they see Hell? Mm. Yeah, they did. Uh, they really liked it a lot. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 
Maybe they can be in your next movie. A little cameo. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. So it's it's all been pretty positive feedback so far? Yeah. I mean, you know, I know you can't uh, please everybody. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, so far the general feedback has all been really positive. Good. Very good. It's good to hear. So what's the what's I know you're uh, pl- uh, is the movie you're gonna do next? Are you planning that soon or well, when do you think you'll start working on that? Uh, I mean, I hope to start working on that one pretty soon. Um, you know, this one took ten years to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope the next one. You we'll know, take eight. No, I mean I'm <laughs> you know open to do you know something that's not as much of a uh, an epic or a magnum opus, you know. Mm-hmm. Doing something that's you know like a lot more rock and roll, faster. You know, maybe shoot something in three weeks. Uh, I mean, I hope to have the next one out by you know Halloween of uh, this year at the latest. Oh, awesome! I don't want to be sixty years old when your next one comes out. Okay, it's all <laughs> no. I'm asking. No, uh, okay. no. But yeah, I mean, I definitely like to uh, you know keep making you know as many as possible. I mean, you don't get to make a movie every day. So, you know, when you do it, you really have to make it count. You know? So what, what was the feeling like once you had this all shot, you have it edited and it's done it's 10 years in the making a uh, big part of your life, big part of, you know, uh, your youth uh, putting this together. Well, yeah. what was the feeling like once it's ready for people to actually see? Uh, I mean, you know, it definitely feels like a big accomplishment. I mean, it's kind of surreal. Uh, that you work on something for so long and then it's done, but I mean, after you get, you know, kind of five years into it, you're sort of, you're definitely committed to uh, definitely finishing it after you put that much work into it, but I mean, it's really great, uh, you know, great motivator to keep going that, you know, through all the, um, you know, raising the money and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, uh, you know, to overcome all that and come out with a finished product, it's great. And uh, oddly enough, you have a clip of uh, of in your head the wrestling show talking about Corey Graves. And then I thought when you shaved your head, you actually looked. Well, you didn't shave your head, but you shaved your hair, and it looked. Uh, you actually looked quite a bit like Corey Graves. I thought. I mean, I, I definitely see the resemblance. You know, probably. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Probably the the tuxedo helped too a little bit. That's true. He's a very well shirt. He's a very well dressed man. Yeah, which is kind of ironic because you know, I'm much more of like a, a Gordon Sully, Jerry the King Waller fan. You know, when it comes to announcing, I'm not really not really a Corey Graves fan. But you know, the fact that he got in the movie is kind of ironic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, definitely ensures uh, you know charisma on the subject. And you know, I just thought after it was such a dark movie for 40 minutes um you know i just kind of definitely needed to change the pace something that was a little bit lighter mm-hmm. um and you know just to go with something current that's uh i mean you know there's just so much to wrestling you know you couldn't make a movie on um you know that would just cover any just one part of it so but uh i don't know there's just something about that that uh kind of spoke to me in sort of a surrealist way. So, but, you know, just kind of paying, uh, 
tribute to the old days of Without Your Head, you know, back in the days with John and, uh, and Tommy Doom there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I thought it was kind of a nice lead-in, you know. Fun times. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, there's definitely just so much to the, uh, the In Your Head, Without Your Head archives, you know, choosing any one moment. <laughs> You're right. definitely, definitely a chore, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like 14 years of audio. It's probably like, oh, I would assume thousands of hours. I mean, anybody, anybody that's out there that wants to take the time to, uh, you know, I mean, you could make, you could make another ten movies just based off of, you know, clips. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, you know. Uh huh. Uh-huh. What long that would take to just binge listen to all of the whole archives of either show? Never mind both shows. Like you just started at episode one and just listened all the way through. Might be given dark shadows run for the money. I know, because we've had some marathon shows, too. Like some four or five hour suckers. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very cool. So what what else you have going on? Uh, Andre, you're just really focusing on making the movies. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I just finished this one. Uh, you know, I'm just kind of taking a minute to uh, sort of cleanse my palate, so to speak, and, you know, try to figure out what the next one's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, I think, you know, just kind of using the movie as almost sort of a resume to show to people, um, you know, potentially to get uh, funding on the next one going. Or, um, but I definitely like to, you know, definitely stay with it and, you know, definitely keep writing, um, you know, and being involved in, uh, in movies however I can, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So- when you started this, uh, were you a teenager then when you started uh, make filming this? Yeah. I mean, when I started it, I was uh, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Now I'm uh, 25 years old. So it was really, uh, you know, it's almost like uh, when Boyhood came out, the Richard Linklater movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not quite, you know, as pronounced, but... I think, you know, there's definitely a big difference between the first shot and the last shot in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think kind of the, you know, when you're making a movie, you know, the one thing that's more valuable than uh, the money is time, really. And, you know, a lot of projects, you know, it takes 10 years just to, uh, you know, get the script written before they ever, you know, do anything in pre-production. Mm-hmm. So, um you know, just kind of capturing the difference because, you know, in the beginning of the movie, you know, he's kind of on Robitussin and then you see the effects of, kind of hits on all the different drugs, um, you know, and how that affects him until, uh, you know, it actually manifests into a real, you know, a real drama that he plays out. So. Mm-hmm. Was, it, was it meant to show... Uh... In your story, is it meant to be over, like, several years? Uh, I mean, that part's kind of ambiguous. Mm-hmm. It's definitely implied. Uh, just in going through the different seasons. Um, but I think it's definitely implied over a few years. Mm-hmm. But I want to leave it more open to interpretation to kind of let people guess, you know, was it just one year, or is it several years, or 
uh, but just kind of letting the viewer make that up in his mind, is at the end of the movie, he shaves all of his hair off, but the last shot of the movie, he actually still has his hair, so then you're kind of left on, you know, is it the future? Did he grow his hair back, or is it still in the past? But you don't know if he continues on uh, with his ways, or if he, um, you know, changes his ways. So it's kind of left on that ambiguous kind of note. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, we want to uh, thank you for coming on tonight, and you're always welcome back on, Andre. You can oh, come yeah. on anytime, oh, yeah. talk about Love movies, it, or you can just talk about horror, talk about whatever you want. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it's always a pleasure talking to you guys. Yeah. Know, really happy that, uh, that you guys could be a part of the movie. You know? It's very oh, happy. That was so much fun. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think your guys' part is, uh, you know, it's one of the better parts of the movie. Oh, it was just a lot of fun. It was like just watching that, just like, I'm, wow, this is good stuff. I mean, I was kind of going for that Orson Welles, War of the Worlds kind of vibe, where, uh, you know, you're on the radio and then it actually happened. <laughs> yep. I mean, I think, you know, the demon towards the end is, is definitely my favorite demon in the whole movie. I love that cool. guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love all your the, the demons and all the claymation, all the all that stuff's very cool. I think you do a really good job with it. Yeah, all that crazy shit. Thank you. Yeah, and I, you know, I hope the next one's uh, you know even better. Well, we're definitely yeah. looking forward to that one. Then, mm-hmm. hopefully, everything is good in your private life. Oh yeah. Good, yeah. good, good. Very good. And, and Andre's been on the on and off the show for years, and he's never accused me of harassment or anything. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the only person associated with the show that doesn't currently hate or hate Neil at one time or another. <laughs> exactly. Who's not my blood relative? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're just assuming things now. Yeah, too. that's true. <laughs> you don't know my private conversations. Yeah, Neil, Neil's a good man. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> He's put up with my nonsense for years. So. Although the person at the pizza place uh, today thought he was my son. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, your son was in the other day. And I'm like, oh, that's good. I didn't know I had a son. Like, well, the guy you come in with sometimes. Uh, my little brother. <laughs> oh, okay. I got to get some more uh, dress for men or else people oh, don't think that anymore. Some, for God's sakes, you know. They're thinking I'm your old man now. <laughs> I notice the gray's coming back in my beard. I haven't used it for months, so that's probably why. We creepy old people say that looks distinguished. That's what they say. That's what we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. Some people told me it looks good. I don't know. And, uh, Neil, aren't you in uh, another movie that's, uh, that's upcoming to be released? Uh, yeah, I actually filmed uh, a very similar role, honestly. This was, oddly enough, uh, I, uh, someone on the radio where things are going, uh, things are happening. So it's a, it's a similar idea. Um, let me get the name of that up here. Because it's, um, it's an anthology. Oh, yeah. oh, sweet. That's right up our uh, Yeah, it's in Brett DeJager's uh, Cryptids. Cryptids, which is a... Uh, Anthology, and I'm in the uh, the the one that's being directed by Brett Yeager. I believe it's already finished, so I don't know when that comes out, though. I'm looking forward to it, and I will be filming. 
a movie this summer sometime. Summer may possibly fall. Um, special needs revolt. Huh. In, uh, yeah. And is, think, uh, isn't Lloyd Kaufman in that one as well? Yeah. Then look at this. Listen to this cast. It's got Lloyd Kaufman, yeah. myself. Okay. Um, I mean, oh, God, there's a lot of people. You don't need this. anyone else. That's very <laughs> true. That's very true. Who's the, who's the porn star people say I look like? The old. Oh. Uh, the old male porn star. Um, I know the guy, and I can't think of his name. The Jer- Jer- yeah. yeah, Jeremy. Uh, what is his name? Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy, yes. It's I'm me, thinking Ron Jeremy, Jeremy Irons, but no, not quite. <laughs> me, Ron Jeremy, Lloyd Kaufman, and Bill Whedon. Oh, that's badass. Sergeant Kabuki Man, no. I'm not saying I have a huge role in this movie, but I do. I, I do play a. I guess I'm allowed to say a play. I play uh, Gacy, who's a uh, like a, a, a vicious uh, guard who I believe like likes to beat up aut- this autistic, not autistic, likes to beat up uh, uh, a Down syndrome man. Nice. So it's a role I was born to play. It's very weird that they thought hey, this is a good <laughs> role for for Neil. <laughs> He looks like someone who likes to beat up, you know, uh, Down Syndrome people. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I could see that working. That sounds like fun, though. That should be fun. Oh, yeah. That'd be a really good time. Very cool anyone asked me to do anything. Or, or both of us, Troy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Troy. Troy and I film something else, too. We're going to be in uh, Cool as Hell, too. Oh, yeah. James, uh, James Balsamo. Exactly. Yep. He's a reader on this thing. Yeah, super, super good guy. That was very fun uh, to film. I kind of like got, uh, I was just at the right place at the right time or wrong place at the right time. Because Neil was uh, doing his scene and they're like, hey, why don't you jump over here too? And I was like, me? I was just out here having a smoke. <laughs> like, no, no, get in here. Okay. Who, who do you play in Cool uh, I am, um,. I forget my character's name. I think I am Shem. Huh. <laughs> and during during Neil's scene, I am I am an integral part of that scene. He is kind of a bully. No, no, no. I'm I'm kind of on your side. <laughs> That's true. I think you're I think you're the nicest one of the. Of the I am, I'm the only one that isn't in on what's going to happen. Right. Right. <laughs> I think I could, I don't know. Yeah, wait, wait until it comes out, you'll find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll tell Andre off the air, we'll tell him right, about right. the scene. Exactly. There are pictures, I think, out there. Yeah. And Krampus Unleash. is in there with us. Exactly. Unleash the Krampus. Yep. Well, anything with Krampus is pretty good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm you get Neil and Krampus in the same scene, you know it's going to be good. Yeah, uh, it's weird. I once played Krampus, and now... Oh, yeah. That one, Krampus. I think yeah. you've started the whole Krampus craze. I do think we did as a show, because I think, well, you were brought up Krampus, ye- like, years ago. And then <laughs> you know, I did the Krampus in the video, and you drew me as Krampus, or I yep. think uh, one of us Krampus. And then, like, not long after that, like, Krampus is just everywhere. Yeah, we yep. came out, Krampus moving. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's like a, several movies with Krampus. Like you just see Krampus stuff everywhere. Hall, I think around Christmas, there's more Krampus stuff than than Santa Claus now. 
Well, I think he's more trusted than Santa Claus now. It's true. People are always weirded out by Santa, and they they trust Krampus. You know what you're getting involved in there. That's true. And movie Santa's always like a just a dirty guy. He's like <laughs> a drunk or a demon or something. A lot hey, of drunk kind of Santa. scumbag. Yeah. Ever ever since Trading Places, I think uh, Santa Claus is like always portrayed as a drunk. And you're probably right. Or a perv. Some kind of something going on with Santa every time. Mm hmm. And then, yeah. You ever, uh, what, uh go ahead, Andre, what were you saying? Uh, what, what did you guys think of the, uh, the Joe Bob Briggs, uh, marathon? Did you guys get a chance to see that? I did not, but I've heard amazing things about it. It was so popular, like, it killed Shudder. Shudder just, like, closed down while it was going on. I know. It shut down for a while. But it, it came back up. And... Yeah. Watch and I believe all of it's up on Shutter now, so you can go back and watch it anytime. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm looking forward to it anyway. Yeah, I heard that his. Uh, they told me if I had to watch one of them, to definitely watch the Blood Feast one. I guess like his whole feel about it, it was uh, very entertaining. Oh, that's awesome! Good. Can't go wrong with Blood Feast anyway. Exactly. I believe Rabid, Rabid was on it, which the Saskas are remaking. Well, at least that remake, like, can't be much worse than the original. <laughs> That's a pretty poor movie. Yeah, a lot of people think it's this classic, but I watched it recently. I don't know. I was, I can't say I was a big fan. I just remember the armpit thing when I was a kid. Yeah, it's like an armpit penis. Yeah, just like well, a mosquito. Isn't it like an armpit, penis. like vagina, or? I yeah. thought it like when they, uh, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't but she has like a stinger too that like sticks into people. Oh, does she? Yeah, that's how she like sucks her blood. It's kind of like a mosquito. It's, it's been like, a long time. It's like a vagina penis combo thing. <laughs> Spike comes out of the. It's like every orifice, you know, rolled into one. Pretty much. All right, <laughs> it's like it's a multi-purpose uh, armpit. I yeah. saw that they just signed on CM Punk to be in it. Which oh, didn't get there you of go. <laughs> I know they're wrestling fans, but mm, I don't. I don't think CM Punk then. like screams like a hey, great actor. You know, CM Punk. Hope he's a better actor than he is a fighter. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it can't be much worse. No, that's true. Yeah, man, his wife AJ Lee will be in it. <laughs> what does she do now? She's CM Punk's wife. All right, cool. Cool. She did write a book. It's just weird because she's like 25 or something, like her life story. <laughs> no, I know nothing. To get, I mean, Audrey, you're 25, but would you write like your autobiography at 25? Probably not. I mean, <laughs> probably don't have that much to work with. You know? Yeah. I don't think anyone should be writing their life story at 25. Nah. Unless you plan on like cashing in at 26. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she's done a lot in this 25 years. I don't know. Yeah. She Maybe wore a lot of shorts and wrestle. Did. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And small fights, AJ Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know if Incher was, was happy with his uh, performance as the mummy then? 
I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't. He he only talks about pinball. No. <laughs> I gotta think he will be though. Yeah, I'm sure. We gotta make him watch it. Like stop playing Tetris and Warlords <laughs> on your you know your Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Warlords, dear, dear <laughs> God. <laughs> watch this movie. <laughs> I mean, there's kind of uh, kind of a sequel to Mad Monster Party. Though. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know it throws them all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even the the Phantom of the Opera there, and I mean, you know, I've always been a huge, uh, huge Lon Chaney fan. Okay, oh, yeah. gotta be. Mm-hmm. That was one of the coolest experiences a couple few years ago. I went to see uh, the original Family Opera. Oh wow! Uh, with the live orchestra. Wow, cool. That's I mean, the whole cool. the whole genre pretty much started with Lon Chaney. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and his stuff still holds up. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, you look stuff. at any of that jazz, and like it just kind of blows your mind just seeing like the different makeups and. Oh yeah, it's great yeah. stuff. I mean, even stuff like uh, the Unholy Three or uh, the West of Zanzibar. Mm. Yeah, it was cool. I was I was pleased with your choices of monsters that we would be. I was very happy to be the Hunchback. Oh yeah. Uh, and the Lon Chaney hunchback. Yep, yep. Although I got to admit, I, I think uh, I think I'm a Lawton man when it comes to my my Quasimodo. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with the Charles Lawton Quasimodo. Uh, a little more, a little more emotional. Yeah, but look wise, I mean, you can't go wrong with uh, with the Janey one. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you really started with you know the Universal monsters, and then it kind of evolved to uh, you know the slashers and. Mm. But I mean, now after Scream, you know, I don't know how you could uh, how you could even make you know, slasher like uh, Prowler or something like that today. Yeah, it makes it a lot tougher, I would think. I think the really a lot the any of the modern slashers are really like homages, I think, to uh, the old school slashers. Yeah, but I mean, they, they have a retro vibe to them, like. Um, Terrifier, I thought was excellent, actually, modern-day uh, slasher film. And uh, uh, that's a movie you should watch, actually. Yeah, Terrifier yeah. I loved. Yeah. Spookiest clown, like, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's definitely a slasher movie, and it's, but um, it has that retro vibe to it. But it's like how when I watched it, I really felt like it was like an 80, kind of an 80s slasher movie. That wasn't edited, so they didn't have to, you know, worry about, you know, having a scene being cut down to, to for people to watch it. Right. So, like, the, the gore is, is is very gory and very intense. It's crazy gore. Yeah. yeah. But yet it's a good movie, too. It's not just, oh, it doesn't yeah. just, you know, yeah. rely on the gore. So, uh, yeah. I really dug it. I think you'd like it. Yeah, I definitely have to check it out. I want to see that. Yeah, I mean, after the slashers, kind of went, you know, then it kind of goes to the whole supernatural... Uh, yeah, that's what we've had a lot lately. Yeah, it's like haunted house. Not even just haunted house, but like you said, supernatural kind of. So it's a lot of people. It's more like instead of haunted houses, it's haunted people. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. But then also like a you know fair share of like zombie stuff too, thanks to like The Walking Dead. Oh yeah, that's true. But even like uh, like American Horror Story and stuff, you know, a lot of it's you know psychological, even though a lot of it's kind of like an homage. I don't know. I don't know if the next breed's going to be combining all three, you know, the monster, the gore, and the 
psychological. That might be kind of cool. What I can't stand is the people use, uh, I forget what the term is, if it's like post-horror, because they say like, because they, it's, I don't know, because they say like, I forget, I think it's post-horror, and they say like it's horror that relies on characters and like, oh, right. and it's just like, well, that's always been part of horror. It's, <laughs> horror is not just blood and stuff. I mean, yeah. all the 70s horror and six, a lot of the 60s stuff was that. It's not I mean, something that was just invented. Yeah. Yeah. If you Any don't kind of story. If you uh-huh. don't care about the characters, I mean, it doesn't have any, any kind of impact. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, I mean, that's always a silly, like, cop-out, I think, when people, like, you know, it's like the people that don't like The Walking Dead. If you don't like it, that's fine. But don't say you don't like it because it's too character-driven. Yeah, it's dumb. If you don't like, well, you know... A, a There's show. people that say it's not horror. Yeah, that's just foolishness, too. I, mean, I think it's maybe because, like, you know, Freddy Krueger is always more interesting than, you know, like, the people he's killing, but right. you know, they're trying to put the emphasis more on... Like, I don't know. I mean, you got to have a balance. Yeah, because, yeah, well, you know, a zombie isn't isn't an interesting character and look cool and everything, but, I mean, what can you really do with the zombie? So in yeah. all the zombie movies, the interesting people is always the characters. Besides, like, yeah. very okay, you know, very rarely like a bub. In, uh, but I don't think you really do that in like The Walking Dead, where you're going to have an interesting zombie character. No, no then it would be like um, Wild Kingdom or something. You know, here we observe the zombie in its natural habitat. Because <laughs> no. really, all the because Romer- Walking Dead really is. A ripoff. Uh, I don't say ripoff, but it is heavily based. The comic book, clearly, when, you're, when I was reading it, it's a continuation of, uh, of the Romero zombies. Mm-hmm. And all those movies are about the, the human characters. The zombies are there, but the, and they're cool you know, to look at and all that stuff, but the, the heart of the story is how characters inter- the human characters interact. Oh, yeah. That's what Night of the Living Dead is all about, Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The land of the dead. Yeah, the only one that really has like a day of the dead with Bob. That's but yeah, even that that's it, not once, the whole movie. So. Like once they started getting into Bob, like it kind of became a little bit less interesting, you know? Because like they could only they could only go so far with that character. I mean, right. Yeah, and they couldn't make it just all about Bob. I mean, it's part of the movie, but it's not the whole movie. Yeah, you'd lose, it's, like, a lot of it then. Yeah. I mean, one movie I thought was really horrible was that new uh, Motherface movie that they came out with. Oh, God. The whole movie, you know, thinking the other guy's Leatherface, but then, like, Leatherface is actually, like, the sympathetic. Like, it was just horrible. Like, it doesn't even hardly tie into any of the other ones. No, it's, yeah, it was just the pits. Neil called that when he saw the trailer. He's Even like, before no, that, gonna happen. it was just what oh, when the poster came out. Oh yeah, that's right. right. It was, but yeah, I, it was, and I just said it facetiously. I never thought that would be true, but I was like, they have this one fast kid, so you everyone's gonna think he's he's Leatherface. He's but instead he's gonna be one of the model looking kids, thinking like they couldn't be that stupid. But that's exactly what they did. <laughs> the big swerve. It's so dumb. Because when you watch the original one, there's no way you can watch it and think, 
this was a normal guy at one point. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, he got his face messed up, and now he's this crazy guy. He clearly was, like, you know, retarded. There's something wrong with him. He lost the ability to speak and, you know, rationalize suddenly. Yeah, he's clearly not. He's clearly <laughs> there's something wrong with the guy. Yeah, he's not he, quite well. He's not just like, hey, I decided to go nuts. <laughs> I mean, you can tell, like, you know, the way that, like, Gunnar Hansen moves. And... Oh, yeah. Yep. He's very child. seriously wrong about with this guy. Yeah, he's very childlike to the other people. You know, he's physically stronger. He's, he's like, obedient to all the other guys who he could clearly just kill. But, uh, you know, he's, just, he's not a bright person. Right. <laughs> yeah, he was abused or whatever. You know, you could tell, like. Something wrong with that guy's upbringing right there. Yeah. It's like more of a brute. Like, you yeah. know, they bring him people to kill. Like, he doesn't go out of his way to, like, mm-hmm. you know. He doesn't at least go out of the town to kill people. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he's he, not he, someone that spent time in, like, the school or, you know, no. any place else. And had, like, a girlfriend and yeah. all stuff. It's really yeah. dumb. He couldn't function w- without the other people. Right. Yeah. He it's couldn't the, be. He cannot be independent. Yeah, I mean, it's the family that kind of elevates the whole movie. Yep. Yeah, and that's what makes that one different. Because, you know, he's... There's a lot of them that are kind of relying on the others. Because mm-hmm. you, the, you have the cook character who who is the most independent of them all. Mm-hmm. So he can actually blend into society. And you have a job and possibly, you know, he... he he could get by. People think, you know, hey, that's a regular dude. And then you have the uh, the hit the hitchhiker, who's clearly mental, and <laughs> yep. so he can sort of like he can be like on the fringe of society, yeah. or not really blend in, but he could he could exist in the in the world to some yeah, extent. as long as nobody talks to him too much. All right. And then you have Leatherface, who just could not. He, I mean, Leatherface could not walk into a town. No, he can't hitchhike. leave. The... The, no. the house, basically. Yeah, he can't be seen. So you have like levels of madness within yep. the family, which you have it in the movie itself. It, it delves into madness to you know the very end where the dinner scene. It's just totally crazy and stuff. But so uh, I think that's overlooked so often in a lot of the modern Leatherface movies, where they just focus on Leatherface, which I think is a big mistake because Leatherface. He's a cool character within all these other things, but just by himself, it's not really something you could base the whole movie about, the whole story about. I mean, like, you know, Chop Top, you know, really kind of stands out in, in part two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, after part three, I mean, they're, you know, it's kind of got, you know, blander and blander. You know? <laughs> yeah, they actually go in order, I think, of badness. <laughs> actually. <laughs> The remake, and then the prequel to the remake, and then the... Uh-huh. Yeah, the which, only way I would... which is the one with Vigo in it? Is that number three? Or That's is number that four? three. Yeah, number and, three. I mean, that one's not, you know, unwatchable, but... No, I right. think it's it's fine. I think It's, it's, it's not as bad as four, anyway. No, four <laughs> is really when they just are just bad movies. Yeah. The third one's kind of like, I think, the slasher of the three. Yeah. Yep. The third one's like a slasher movie, but it has some cool characters in it. But it's a kind of basic slasher. The second one's a comedy. It's almost a parody of the first movie. Some people don't like that. I, I like it, but it doesn't work for everybody. I mean, you couldn't just make the same movie again. Right. It goes off in a different direction. I mean, Dennis Hopper 
aspect to it too. Yeah, I really, I didn't like the second one as a kid because it's so comic, oh. comical, and I kind of just hated it. But when I got older and I watch it as a comedy, I, I do enjoy it. I love Chopped Up. That's that's about it for me in the second one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where they ever thought the the best idea to make a sequel was to you know just keep going more backwards into the previous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and so then that three D one I think might have been the worst thing I had ever seen. Oh yeah, that's just awful. I don't think you saw the newest one. But no, I haven't seen the Leatherface itself. They're, they're equally as bad, I think. Are they? Yeah, that I don't know. So nonsensical. That's that, yeah, that one might be the worst. Now that I think about it, because they just like built up the whole, uh, you know, it was like a Halloween H two O type of idea. Uh-huh. And then they just, you know, like killed Bill Mosley and everybody right in the first scene, and then it's just a really unforgettable uh, film after that. Yeah, and that was like the call. That was like for horror fans. That was the big selling point. Was yeah. You're going to see the original cast here. You're going to see Bill Mosley, and you're going to see Gunnar Hansen. I know Bill Mosley's in the second movie, but you're going right. to see Gunnar Hansen, and you're going to. I don't. I don't. I think they still got to ask at Neil. But... John Dugan was in it. Right. Yeah. That's that's perfect. Like now he can play Grandpa. Right. Uh, he they, and they missed a huge thing for that new one because he could have played Grandpa in the sequel because he would have been the right age. He wouldn't have had to. I mean, that would have been just so cool. Oh, that would have been perfect, yeah. So, of course, they didn't do it. Marilyn Burns. So that was the big thing, like, for that 3D one. And they're in it for, like, a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Like, five, three, five minutes, yeah. Yeah. And it's not like they got some great actors to be in the rest of the movie. They're all pretty (laughs) No, we got (laughs) to get rid of these guys so that these people can show their wares. That, That girl in that movie is so poor. If you just wanted... everything about that movie is so bad. Oh, yeah. But it's just such... right down to, hey, you just got your, whoever it is, you know, you inherited this house. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, by the way, there's this maniac living in it, but you don't need to know this shit. Okay. Lots in the basement. But if you compare Marilyn Burns in the first one, which I think is, like, the possibly the best performance of, of, of a scream queen, because she really sells the terror. To to the woman in the in that one, it's like night and day because like she's totally unbelievable when she's being like tortured. She's just like, oh, oh yeah. And then the the end is just awful. So so they witness Leatherface, you know, killing all these people, and the policeman just lets him kill like the you know the bad cop guy, which is like okay, whatever the mayor, whatever the hell he's, and then they just let him go. <laughs> It's like you're just letting this total maniac go. Like, it's so dumb. I mean, at least in the remake, he, you know, had his arm cut off. And he was, I mean, you know, the, the ending of the first one, it's just, you know, such a quintessential uh, moment, you know, where she's, like, in total hysteria. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's night and day. Yeah. They really fucked themselves on that remake because people did like that remake. And then they cut his arm off, and they killed, uh, what's your major malfunction, Numb Nuts? Oh, Arlie Ermey, yeah. Yeah. So and that's he was like, the best part of that movie. Yeah, they killed the character people loved, and they cut Leatherface's arm off. So now what are you going to do? Well, now we're going to do a prequel. Very dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're pretty short-sighted when it comes to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Nobody's looking big picture, I don't think. I mean, they could, you know, have a whole uh, whole universe, you know, 
I'll do it. All right. Well, I think we're going to uh, go to break here. And again, I want to thank Andre. We're going to have Andre back. You can just come back and just talk about horror stuff with us if you'd like. Yep, we always have the comfy chair with his name on it. He's always welcome to visit anytime he'd like. Yeah, and we're very proud of Andre making his first oh, feature yeah. and hopefully is uh, to go on to make some more. Our little boy's done good. I'm very proud. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you guys for me. The round of applause. For oh, me. yeah. Hell, yeah. Take one of our favorite man. people. And uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, the Jasons there, you know, the, uh, the band of the month, you know? Hmm. Yeah, very it's very fitting because we had a Friday 13th this month, so I thought it was cool to get them on. And they have a very cool uh, horror punk band. <laughs> they have some really cool videos, too, I, uh, uh, for people out there. I, I should post them up on the, on the site, but go to YouTube and look up the Jasons, and they have a lot of very cool uh, music videos. Sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Very good. All right. We will be we will return. And again, everyone check out Hell. It's free right now on YouTube. And go and add Andre here as a friend on Facebook. I assume he accepts friends. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Anyway, okay. if he doesn't accept friends, at least you try can, it. Right. You can go like his stuff and you follow him. Yeah. yeah. And if you're doing any kind of like film thing, talk to this man and try to get his film onto your uh There you go. Yeah, festival. there's I know a lot of yeah exactly. You can uh, message people. There's a lot of this film fest, big and small across the country, conventions. So uh, hopefully we can get uh, hell playing at some of these events. Because if I can ever see this on the big screen, I'll totally geek out. I gotta say, mm-hmm. and not yeah. just because our voice isn't it. Yeah, yeah, just because huh. it's our man. Yeah. If you don't have to cap blood, ain't you? God damn it, Ralph! Get on here.
All right, we're back here at the station. Decapitation without trade. I'm still Nasty Neal. And I remain terrible, Troy. And I'm the abominable Andre Van Fogler. Exactly. Very cool, very cool. So thanks, Andre, for being the guest, and thank you, Andre, for staying here on the show. Oh, yeah. So a couple things uh, before we get into the news here. Uh, For people who don't or are not aware... We have been accepted to Amazon to sell official without your head merchandise. So you can go to Amazon.com, search for without your head, and you get uh, official without your head T-shirts. Very cool, and it's uh, free shipping if it's Amazon Prime. And we also have some other shirts over on. You go to withoutyourhead.com/store, and it has uh, currently up there is the return of the Big Mike shirt, which is Michael Saint Michael. From oh, the greasy awesome. strangler, so you can get uh, you can get the big Mike shirt, and we suggest you do exactly. And send in a picture wearing them, and I'll send you a free button. Oh, very nice, or a pin, whatever it is, whatever it is. <laughs> but I saw tomorrow here starting on Netflix is Extinction. What uh, is that? Do tell. It looks like an alien horror flick. Ooh, I'm down with that. Yeah, I don't really know much about it besides that. I see the poster. It's got, like, some kind of spaceship kind of deal, a little girl with a doll, and, and uh, smoking buildings. Hmm. That brings me to a question, because I saw this year at uh, the Halloween Marathon at the Coolidge is going to be uh, alien-themed. So do you do you ever see alien movies as horror movies, or do you think they're just straight-up science fiction? Or they could they be both? Oh, to me, I, I would say both, especially the original Alien, which is like that great haunted house vibe, you know, and just uh, the Alien's just like this great monster, I think. Mm-hmm. And you also get the whole claustrophobic feeling since they're trapped in the spaceship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. It was, uh, I know... Um... The old grumpy man who made uh, 12 monkeys. and <laughs> <laughs> He believes in this separation between science fiction and well, horror. He, I think. he was going off on Alien recently. He's saying it was like a poor movie. No way. Uh-huh. Oh, God. He makes it <laughs> tough to like him. <laughs> I know. I was, I've always been a big fan. But then he, he had this grumpy, you know, tirade against superhero movies. And now he's saying Alien was like this... This like schlock. Wow. You said it wasn't a very good movie? Yeah, yeah. Said it wasn't a good movie. I mean, that's that's one movie I can watch a hundred times. I love that movie. Uh I mean, you know, the sequels might be questionable. Mm. No, it's it's ridiculous. Supposedly he was offered Alien 2 and he turned it down because he thought Alien was so bad. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know really how to respond to that one. Yeah, I mean, are, are you sure he wasn't talking about me? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> nope. He's not, you know, I, the the superhero thing, at least, like, I can understand not like it's superhero movies. I just don't know why it, it matters. I mean, you can just not watch them, but <laughs> I don't know. When you start, like, saying Aliens, like a bad movie, then you start to lose credibility to me. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. Alien is probably the best, you know, 
example of a horror sci-fi. Yeah, I've always seen it really as a horror movie that just happens to take place, you know, in a spaceship. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a sci-fi element, but it's definitely mm-hmm. much more a horror movie than, you know, like a Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. What that's so grumpy. It's too bad he's become so grumpy. <laughs> I just don't get it. I'm not yeah. I'm not seeing where all this hatred for everything's coming from. It just yeah. makes him sound like a weird jealous guy. Mm-hmm. I agree. A lot of a lot of people are like that about like the so the superhero movies. And I don't see why it it stops, you know, anyone else from making something. <laughs> oh, I know Cameron still has like, you know, his movies make billions of dollars. Like yeah. really? Do you need like that that Marvel like group to come and watch your movies? Because they probably did anyway. Yeah, Avatar made a gazillion dollars. <laughs> yep. You know, and he's like, Oh, I've got three or four sequels in me. They keep make all these superhero movies and I'm thinking why can't there just be? Why can't there be a, an Avatar two and three? I'm sure people would go see him. Yep. I don't want to see him, but <laughs> I don't want to see him. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm much more interested in, uh, you know, the next Avengers movie than I am the next Avatar movie. Yeah, yeah, and it's been like ten years. He could have made it by now. Yep. What was he doing? He's like, oh my God! He's look at this movie. He's like, it's you know, Avengers movie. I can't make Avatar. <laughs> I think he's like, you know, dick waving with the guy from Star Wars to see, you know, who has more money built up. <laughs> so let's see. At the San Diego Comic Con, uh, they presented uh, cha- uh, some footage of It Chapter Two. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I, I love really the first. Yeah, I love the I love the uh, the part one. I thought it was great. Mm. And then when I heard like some of the people involved, like Bill Hader as uh, yeah. as Richie, like as an adult, I think it's like perfect. That is perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and I I still love the first. Uh, I know some people. It's kind of cool. I think to hate the the first. It. Uh, oh, I know. I don't know why you have to pick sides on that. It's like, yeah, geez, I, I love them both, you know? Yeah. They're two different takes on the same story. There's differences. And even Pennywise himself, I really like both versions, and I think they're much different. But that doesn't mean one's bad. It, right. They both can be good. Yeah, I like yeah. the. It's still different enough from the, the novel. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. If I had to choose, honestly, I think the the newest movie, the Pennywise, is more close to the to the novel. Yeah, I don't necessarily know about. I don't think the movie is, but I think Pennywise is. Yeah, because yeah. he's much more otherworldly and a and a another creature as opposed to a creepy clown. Yeah, he's which I'm fine with. Well, Actually, both of them kind of spooked me out. Oh yeah, I think so, they're. I think they're both awesome. Yeah, I, I heard that. Um, oh, uh, yep. Good old what's his face guy plays Pennywise in the new one. Oh, Bill uh, Strasberg. Yeah, yep. He he's in that uh, new King show too. In um, 
I don't know if it's just oh, for Rock. Hulu. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. I tried to become an extra in that. I, I put in many. The only time I heard back was uh, just to be silly. I sent in this really stupid picture of me topless with my hair all in comb. Nice. I've used on Facebook. And that's the one where I got a, I got like a reply. <laughs> Like, can you show up on this day? Well, I I think it was the day I couldn't show up. I think I was going somewhere. You crazy loon, can you show up that day? (laughs) Maybe that's when I should just start sending in. Exactly. It's my headshot. You should should submit the uh, the guys and fries. (laughs) That would be (laughs) perfect. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I'll send you this picture I'm talking about, Andrew, if you, if you want to see it. I say topless photo, but it's not necessarily showing anything. I want to give people the wrong idea. Like, I'm <laughs> offered to send on, hey, want to see this topless photo of me? But it's this very stupid photo. Oh. I think Troy's probably seen it. Yep, yep. Yeah, you look pretty unhinged. <laughs> you look like you've given up. <laughs> That's how I look in the morning. <laughs> I said it in our little Skype here. I'll uh, post it on. I'll I'll post it on wild, uh, wild hair there. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, that's a good looking extra. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, interestingly enough, um, uh, the whole reason why King started getting these uh, the rights back to these movie to his uh, not necessarily movies, but rights back to his characters. Is this 35-year rule that we've been hearing about with Victor Miller, you know, which started all this hate about Victor Miller and Friday the 13th, but he's just using his own right to get his own stuff, the rights of his own stuff. And so yeah. King's been doing that, too. Well, yeah, and, like, who – I still – I don't get the mindset that thinks that's a bad thing. I don't either. I've even heard people say it's a bad thing about King, that he's, like – He's greedy trying to get his own stuff back. And like, like, he created this stuff. He should be the one who makes money off of it, if you like it or not. That's another yeah. guy I've seen that's kind of cool to dislike lately. If people say that Stephen King's not a good writer. And I'm like, come on. Yeah, that's just foolish. Yeah. I mean, don't was... you think Romero should have gotten something from The Walking Dead? I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, they he always even just used to just outright say he like it was just the uh, Romero zombies when he was writing the comic. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I mean, you know, you got Nicotero doing the effects. The same people as you know, Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that that was always I I could never get the mindset like because um, I remember it uh, actually going back to to Cameron when. Um, you know, when Harlan Ellison had to sue him to, you know, get the credit on the end of, uh, oh, uh, Terminator. Terminator. And it's like, well, you base this off of like two of my short stories. And, you know, you said this in like an interview and stuff. But now when I say, well, geez, how about putting me on the credits? You're not going to do it. And then it was the same thing with that. Well, who the hell is he? Well, he's a guy who wrote the friggin' stories, you know? Uh, like, why shouldn't he get the credit? That's ludicrous, uh, you know? Yeah. 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 And that's all he got. Like, he, he didn't get any money for it or anything. He just wanted the credit on the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Some senior that Bill Skarsgård plays a prisoner in Shawshank. 
in oh, the uh, in the Castle Rock. Oh, that's badass! I'd yeah. love to see this stuff. Mm-hmm. And Sissy uh, sees a SpaceX in it too. That's pretty cool. No way! Oh, that's awesome. Who, who does she play? Um, Ruth Deaver. Hmm. Uh, both of them are in all ten episodes. Nice. I don't know. I'm kind of liking the the whole Skarsgård family there. Like we got Pennywise. We got wasn't crazy about that Tarzan movie with the other brother in it. Uh-huh. You know, and then the old man. He's in all the the Thor movies and stuff. No, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh. Yep. That's that's old man Skarsgård. Hmm. He's also in the Mama Mia. Oh, he is. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of people in this show. I'm just scrolling through, but yeah, unfortunately. But uh, maybe I'll be able to get it to be an extra in the in part in season two if if it. I I see Castle Rock either being excellent or being awful, which I know is kind <laughs> of silly to say, but because I like the idea, but I can see it, I can see it not working because it's the idea is it's it's a it's a combined universe of all the uh, of all the king. Uh, characters in one place, so you know it can be Cujo and Carrie, Christine. All I don't know exactly who they're using, but it could be you know all those. I know I think Cujo is part of it. So all these things are in this you know in this world. So I think that's a neat idea. I just uh, you know pulling it off, you know is is another. Yeah, that could come really kind of cheesy too. Yeah, if you're having like. Um... You know, I don't know, Carrie interact with uh, the gunslinger or something. That might be just <laughs> right, kind of right. yeah. just too weird. Mm-hmm. So so kind of hard, kind of hard to pull off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a difficult. Well, maybe that's a little extreme, but <laughs> but it's cool that uh, the Shawshank will be in it. So I don't know. I have, I have hopes for it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely give it a shot anyway. Mm-hmm. So how do we get? Oh, so yeah, about uh, about King getting his uh, his rights back. Mm. Yeah, and a few weeks ago, it was very strange because while well, we William had William Sachs on the show, and it was uh, who who directed uh, Galaxina and the Incredible Melting Man, amongst other, a lot of other stuff. Check out the interview; it's very cool. Mm. And uh, he had mentioned that they were making a Galaxina TV show. And he didn't even know about it, even though he wrote the the movie and directed it. And so he looked into it, and he was in the time frame to try the thirty five year rule uh, law to get the rights back to it, so he could make a sequel himself. And he was really surprised that I knew about this. And the reason I knew about it was because Larry Zerner explained it when uh, all the hate started to come for Victor Miller. And then it turns out that Larry Zerner is William Sachs' attorney, his lawyer, in his case. Awesome. So it's, a very, it's a very small world there. Yeah. And if anybody doesn't know, like, the whole thing with, with Miller is that he's a guy that originally uh, had written um, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he came up with the characters' names and the characters and everything else. And the new, well, I say new, it's probably been around, what, two or three years now? Mm-hmm. Um, video game of Friday the 13th, 
he wasn't getting any money for it. And actually, it's not even just the video game. He didn't get money for any Friday the 13th thing since his initial payment for writing the movie. Oh, no kidding. Ah, see, see, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Right? And you would yeah. explain the rest because you yeah, really I, know it better than I do. Yeah, I didn't know either until, like, uh, Zerner really explained it all. I thought it really was just about the video game, but it's about everything. It's uh, just that the video game is out. <laughs> mm -hmm. So when he wrote he wrote the, the original movie, the script, and so he, got, he was paid $9,500. And then he never got a penny after that from all the sequels, <laughs> all the merchandise, the game. I mean, just think of all the millions or probably maybe even billions of dollars that that franchise has made. So he never got anything besides those. And so this, this law is after 35 years after, you know, you, you sold your rights or whatever, you, you have two, a two-year window to try to get your rights back or at least renegotiate the terms. And so he uh, did that. And Larry Zerner explained that normally when someone does that, uh, the rights owner just works out a new deal and everyone's happy. But in this case, Sean Cunningham decided to sue Victor Miller. <laughs> From everything I heard, he's not, not a cool guy, Sean Cunningham. And uh, so he's suing Victor Miller. So it went to court and it's been in court for like over a year. And for some reason, the judge has not come to a decision. So Larry thinks that it, it probably will never come to a decision and we'll have to go to an actual jury trial. Wow, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like the Sean Cunningham is probably like, a, I mean, he's got to be a millionaire. Why oh, just really get some money for crying out loud? Uh, it just sounds like he's just being a dick, I think. Uh -huh. From everything I've ever heard, like, he never cares. He doesn't even care about the franchise. He just likes making the money from it. Perfect. Like, didn't he let, um, like, one of his, like, son's friends direct the uh, part, uh, you know, Jason Goes to Hell? Yeah, we had him on the show, of, yeah. of, of, you know, like, a month ago. Yeah. And he explained it all. And then he said that Sean Cunningham lied about him. Because, like, he was blasting them. And, wow. and, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's a very, yeah, you have to go back and listen. But yeah. anything I've ever heard of Sean Cunningham has not been good. Yeah. No, it's totally not cool. I mean, he's had to have made a lot of money from the franchise. Oh, oh yeah. One of the most successful horror franchises of all time. And I think the guy that wrote it only made $9,000 is... That's yeah, that's kind of criminal, just by itself. Yeah. So uh, this is pretty sweet. Uh, John Carpenter announced that he's going back on tour. Oh, wow, yeah. I didn't get a chance last time. I don't know if he'll be in in the area this time or not. He was in Boston. I should have went, but I did not. But it doesn't, it doesn't look like he's going to be in Boston this time, but... Uh, anyway, uh, you can go to his website, and he's got the 2018 tour up. I never know how I feel about that. I think it would be cool just because it is John Carpenter, but at the same time, like, you'd be sitting there watching an old man playing the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> if that wasn't John Carpenter, would that be a cool experience? Oh, I it's, doubt it. <laughs> no, and it, it's weird to say that because... Well, you know, would anyone? I don't know. It's it's very strange. The whole experience is because he's John Carpenter. Now, is it Not just him? Does bad. he have like a whole orchestra with no, him? No, I, I think it's just him playing the. Just him in, in like his long johns or something. 
I mean, I think there's like, you know, like a light show or something. something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I've seen video of like friends of mine who went, it really just looked like it was him standing up there playing the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know. Maybe that's cool enough because it is John Carpenter. I, I don't know how I'm very mixed on this. Does he at least do like a Q&A afterwards or something? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Wow. I gotta say, like, I love Carpenter. I don't think I'd go see that. <laughs> I was I was in Boston when it was happening the last time, and I almost went to see it, and then I thought, I don't think I want to spend this. <laughs> That's how much a ticket was? Yeah, it was pretty expensive. Wow. Not really, I guess, you know, but 50 bucks still. No, it wasn't, like, super crazy, but... I mean, when I was when I was shooting the stuff in Las Vegas, they had you know like a big ad for him, mm-hmm. like Rock Cafe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I'm not very. And I, the, my the thing was, it was standing room only. I think was my final decision not to go. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna go in this like club and just stand there. And I'm like, I'm like five five. I'm not gonna see any. I'm not a guy that's gonna like get out of my way and get myself to the front. I guess the old, you know, old man carpenter playing this, playing this Casio keyboard. See if he was playing the guitar, you'd go. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That's no wonder he always turns us down. That's, that's true. If you went to see the guy, he would, you know, he'd turn you down still. I bet. Uh-huh. Uh, all case said, they've always been very nice whenever I've asked to come on the show. Okay. They've replied. And just, uh, supposedly, he doesn't do podcasts, but I do think that's a little bit of old thinking, kind of outdated thinking. Like, he would come on the show if we were, like, on local radio, but, like, honestly, probably less people listen to, like, some local radio show than they listen to a podcast. It's worldwide and there forever, but I think I think some people have that mindset because they just yeah. think, oh, this is just some dude on the internet. The hell's he know? Yeah, it's probably the same people that, you know, think that it's a big deal if it's uh, like a newspaper interview. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, newspapers are on life support. Right. It's like, oh, man, you're on, you know, the Cape Cod radio, like you're like some like high school radio. Oh, I'll do that. <laughs> that that's huge. <laughs> You know, it's like one town will hear it. <laughs> you must get guess, hundreds of listeners. Yeah. Wow. I guess if you did a, like a local event, I, I understand that. Yeah. Because that's who you want to appeal to. But if you want a, a broad audience, and I think the, honestly, the podcast would be more listeners. And look at the world. I mean, yeah. a lot of big time people are doing podcasts now. Obama was on the on on a podcast. I mean, wow. pretty big guy. Neil Neil's doing the wrestling podcast before you know every, every ex wrestler has a podcast. Exactly. Without your head is actually the longest running active horror podcast. Wow. We started the same year as another podcast, and the name escapes me, and not because any reason. I just can't think of it. But it ended. So uh, we're the longest running active for a podcast. Were they uh, were they the one that beat us in the Rondo Awards thing? I don't think so. But um, 
I remember I remember him as like this this big hillbilly guy. I have nothing against him. I just remember <laughs> like one guy's like a big hillbilly dude. They're both very they're both really hilljacks, but uh they seem like fine people. I just remember because Troy and I were at uh when we the first convention we did and a guy came oh, yeah. up to us with, with had a t shirt of theirs on and he was trying to start like shit with us and I just didn't <laughs> get it. I was just like, Okay and I don't uh, yep. care. <laughs> it was very strange. Yeah. He's like, Oh look at this. I'm like, Okay, that's good. I don't know. I've never got that anyway, like these wars, like with podcasts, like my God. Did they exist? Oh yeah. At least I, oh, used I didn't to, know that. I used to get up to when I was younger, when I was like a young angry man, like on the <laughs> especially on, on in your head, because then like if you like the big mosh from from uh, oh yeah day, yeah I forgot you, about them maybe invade in our our chat or our, our Facebook not even out of this week for Facebook uh, our our uh, message board yep you know then you'd have a big war and like in your head fans did like a video burning a mayhem shirt and then he was like what the hell bro this is like psycho <laughs> shit bro that was actually a lot of fun. I loved like was, making fun of those people. They were just they took themselves way too seriously. Exactly. That's the thing. Like I don't I take the whole it seriously as in like I want this to be good and it's cool getting guests and I'm very yeah. proud. Of it. But I'm not like taking it like, oh well, you know, we're, we're gonna go fight somebody or something over, yep. over the podcast. And, but they were like, You guys can't possibly be any good because you didn't go to school for radio and da 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 and it's like Dude, that doesn't change the fact that there's still a lot more fun to listen to than you guys are. Uh, that, I always like, felt bad. As fuck. It's like, man, if I if I spent like thirty grand to go to four years to college and and I was just doing a free podcast, <laughs> or I didn't get paid, I'd be like, man, that was a waste of time. <laughs> and the Jamokes, he would call us, stream of Jamokes. Yep. Man, those were good times. Those were fun. I loved like messing with those people because they all took themselves way too seriously. Yeah. He literally and not and not like a joking way. He caught this was on AIM. People might remember AOL Instant Messenger, and he called me the David Koresh of of, uh, of internet. It wasn't even this was free podcast. It's called Internet Radio. And he was like, "You're you're hey bro, your your fans are walking a traffic for you, bro. You're like a cult leader." And then this is when I started to tell people that I uh, I um, I put in like uh, follow Jack, love Jack, praise Jack, like subliminally. How do you say that? Uh, in the, in the, <laughs> like the background of, of the shows, and like he really took this seriously and believed it. And oh, it's just craziness. Yeah, do they still do that show? No, he like he like had like a. An emotional breakdown. Or oh, something. did he really? Yeah. Yeah. You're Sorry, probably Big responsible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, then he found <laughs> he the Lord. Big Maj in man. Yeah, he Bro. lost like lost like three hundred pounds and oh, and found the Lord and, anymore. Skinny no, Maj. <laughs> he's little now he's, Maj. Now he's like a. I don't know what he he like goes around and you know uh, like a self help guru, guru or something. That's awesome. I don't think like he's he's I say guru, but it's probably just like. You know, eight people going, bro, you can change your life, bro. Whoever will listen, basically. But I hope as well. I'm glad he didn't, like, kill himself. So, oh, yeah. I guess. No, no, no. I 
Uh, what the hell were you talking about? I don't know. That was the strangest segue. <laughs> Uh, I think you're talking about Stephen King's It. Uh... Oh yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm looking forward to all that stuff. So um, uh, Rick Grimes will be leaving uh, The Walking Dead. It's too bad that like they you because of like uh, contract stuff, you got to know all this stuff in advance. I'd rather just watch a show and be surprised, oh, yeah. like oh shit, Rick died. But like they're telling you beforehand and. Some people are ah, you know, they're up in arms and will never watch a show and stuff, but uh, I'm interested to see how it goes. Yeah. still think it's weird that they would tell you ahead of time. I know. I mean, honestly, I never really cared for him. Yeah. <laughs> I like the character in the comic, but I never thought he's like a great actor on the show. I don't dislike him, but... Well, some of the people you just never know, like the guy who played The Punisher... Like, I really disliked him on the show, but I thought he was awesome as the Punisher. I agree. I agree. But I, I mean, I'd be interested. You just, I don't see why it's such a big deal, though. Like, that the show, I don't think the show, like, will just die be, because Rick Grimes is in, in it. No. No, because I think by its very nature, it's kind of, you know, the fact that you never know, you know, day to day you know, who's going to live out of these characters and who's going to die, I think, is mm -hmm. part of the appeal. Mm -hmm. You know, because nothing's like a guarantee on, on the comic or the show. Mm -hmm. uh, do you still keep up with uh, The Walking Dead, Andre? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I think, you know, it's definitely had some down, but uh, you know, it'll probably be all right to kill Daryl off. Yeah, I really, I have some people, like, uh, I think, the ultra violence of um, the Negan character turned people off, but I really liked it. I, it's my yeah. favorite character on the show, I think, ever. I mean, I think the show really started getting good, you know, once Negan came on. I did too. But I, mean, I definitely had a, you know, what went up, I think. I mean, he's definitely a better character than Rick, you know, in my opinion. Yeah. And he really nails the character uh, from the comic. He even right. has the same mannerisms and little, like, weird. Uh, angles where he stands and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that actor that plays him is just, you know, perfect for that role. Yeah. Yeah, he's usually good in everything. He's great as the comedian, I thought. Yeah. Watchman. I didn't realize so many people hate The Watchman, too. That seems like a movie everyone hates. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah, that, either. I really dug it, personally. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought... Um, yeah, I read somewhere they're going to remake uh, Watchmen. I think it's going to be a TV show, which I yeah. think would work. Uh, nice. I'd be, I'd be with, I'd be good for that. Like an HBO miniseries or series. You know, you'd have to cast it right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think if you cast it right, it'd be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would have great potential anyway. Yeah, that'd be sweet if you'd get. Uh, I forget the guy's name who played uh, Rorschach. If you could get him for the series. Oh, that'd be awesome. Jackie, uh, Jackie yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just thought uh, William Defoe would be good. He would be. He would be very good. Mm. Yeah, he's like a dark, gritty guy. And that's a show, that's a movie, a series, whatever, that that should be dark. Oh, yeah. yeah. Unlike every DC character that's ever existed. But, <laughs> you know, like, even though that one's really dark, like, the comic is still really bright and vibrant and colorful, you know, like, even yeah, though it's... Just, right, the material's dark, not, mm. not it's like everything's raining and it's 
dreary all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's still, you know, comic Right. Yeah, that's the thing with the DC. Not only is the story, like, they want every all the stories dark. They want the actual, like, presence of it dark, where it's always raining and dark out. Mm-hmm. I don't really get th- I get it with Batman, because that fits that character, but not every superhero should just be, like, in this doom and gloom all the time. Oh, yeah, because I don't see how that, like, works with, like, Superman at all. No, it's it's awful, I think. Any, anytime they go dark and Superman, it's Yeah. Yeah, I remember when Kevin Smith was making it. Well, you know, it was like this, he was making it, and then he did, like, this famous stand-up, like, uh, not stand, it's basically stand-up, but it's like a speech, like, somewhere. And uh, I have the DVD, and... Like, it was, like, funny at the time, because when he's making it, some producer, like, wanted him to go dark with it. Oh, yeah. And, it, and like, everyone just laughed, because, like, that seems so stupid. And then, like, that's what we have now, or the, is the dark, dreary super fan. I don't... Uh, I, I mean, there are fans of I think, overall, it's been a big failure. Yeah. I think any time you put out a Superman or Batman movie, there's gonna... It's gonna be a hit to some extent, <laughs> but... To put one out and like have it like universally pretty much panned, you've got to put out a pretty bad product. <laughs> like Superman four. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I think I think two is the last like really good Superman portrayal in a movie. I know, but like I think what's really bad is this new uh, Joker origin movie they're gonna make with Joaquin Phoenix and uh, the director of The Hangover. Yeah, wow. I don't... that's a bad move. I think. <laughs> the the point of the Joker is his multiple origins. Yeah, is because he's like because he, he is a liar, so you don't really know. Even in the Dark Knight movie, he he tells different stories within that one movie. Mm. So yeah. I don't know why we do like a definitive origin. I don't know yeah, why everyone wants kind of stuff. Origins. Yeah, I think I mean, we can like... skip origins at this point. I mean, every. Everyone knows all these words. Like, just go with the characters. Everyone, they're already like existing. Yep. I mean, yeah, like, that's he, why. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, the Tim Burton Batman. You know, like you see just enough of him before he's the Joker. Yep. And, you know, it just kind of sets it up perfectly. You know, like if you know any more than that, he just kind of becomes less interesting. Yep. Yeah, because it's not you know. Not everyone's going to want the same origin for their Joker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what are you, you going to do besides, you know, the Rob Zombie Halloween where, you know, you show he had a bad childhood? <laughs> yep. I mean, it's just, you know, you just run into problems no matter what you do. Because the whole point is, you know, you don't know why he's so spirit. Yep. And I, I always go back to, like, um, that Spider-Man Homecoming. It was like, you know, the first Spider-Man where they did the origin as already read, you know, it's like, all right, you already know Spidey's origin, you know, the whole thing, you know, you know, uncle Ben told him this stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to go straight from there. And I think that worked so well in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I yeah. Mean, you know, it's kind of a continuation, but I mean, what's the point of going through the same, you know, same origin story? Yeah. Again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And each time it'll be tweaked a little bit, and it's like, well, I like the last origin story better. Yeah. And everyone knows the basic premise, so it doesn't need to be retold over and over. Yep. And unless you're introducing a character that's not been in a movie before, like like the Vulture or something, uh, you don't really need to keep doing it. 
style. Like, do we need to see Batman's parents get killed again? No. I think we all, I think we all know it by now. <laughs> yep, that one's kind of, you know, been done a few times. Mm-hmm. They'll probably do it a few more times. Yeah, I'm sure they will. So I think there'll be multiple Joker, like multiple actors playing the Joker within the DC universe. Huh. Oh yeah, you're probably right. And, and it's nothing. It's not that I have anything against Joaquin Phoenix. I think he's a really good actor. Uh, I think he's much better than the other guy. Oh God, yeah. Give me him over Leto any day. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's actually a good guy. That's a good pick to play the Joker, honestly. Yeah, probably is. I mean, at least we're not going to get a, you know, a little solo. <laughs> it, it's weird to do all these movies about villains, like Venom and the Joker. and I don't know. Like, I like villains, but I think you have to have, like, a he, unless they're an anti-hero within the story, don't you really got to have a hero in, in the movie? <laughs> you would think, because even, um, you know, that Suicide Squad movie I don't think was... Well, it wasn't a real big hit, was it? Or was it? Maybe I'm I don't wrong. Think, I don't think so. I mean, maybe for what it... I think any superhero is like a hit to some degree, but I don't think it was like this block, but this, you know, giant hit. I don't know. Right. I don't know, though. It was just like montage after montage after, like, you know. There wasn't really a whole lot to it. No, I hated that movie, <laughs> actually. I, I couldn't... I didn't finish it. It just seemed like they used every stereotype they could find for, like, all the different characters. You know, like, Killer Croc was this black stereotype, and the fire guy was, like, this Latino stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and you had a bunch of horny guys that want to see, you know, uh, Harley Quinn in her shorts. I really think that's the calling card for the movie. It probably is. Mm-hmm. It's like this is a movie where you can, you know, drop trow and jerk off to. <laughs> yeah. Are you a lonely, horny guy? Then this is the movie for you. Because honestly, I think I, I would say ninety-five percent of the people that like that movie, whenever they talk about it, it's just, oh man, you know Harley Quinn. I'm like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> you, can, you can just Google image or like use some free, like porn site if you want to. <laughs> I don't. I uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm not cool. I don't know, but I don't understand, especially nowadays. Maybe when you were different when you were a kid pre-internet, but right now, like to go and watch a ninety-minute, two-hour movie simply because you think one of the actresses is hot in it. Yeah, that's. I don't a really pretty get, sad reason. Yeah, if you're a grown man, <laughs> I don't know. Like if you're not even a kid, I don't know. You got all. You've got the internet at your hands. So you can. Just look up stuff. If that, I mean, if that's all you're interested in. If you think, yep. in, a, in addition, like, hey, this is a good movie, and I think this woman's on. Okay. But if you if you think, well, I don't care about this movie, but, you know, anytime this woman's on screen, you know, I'm getting a boner. So I'm gonna go, <laughs> I don't know. This is my movie now. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that either. So, oh, did you guys watch it, Job? I, 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 I hate to say it, did not see it, but... Uh, the final uh, drive-in, the Joe Bob Briggs marathon. Mm-hmm. It was 24 hours on Shutter, and it like it just broke Shutter because there were so many people trying to watch it. Uh, I wish I would have, but I, I did not see it. 
I didn't get to see uh, see it when I was live because you know the whole site shut down. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm catching up on it, and uh, I mean, you know, some of the movies aren't the best, mm-hmm. but uh, Joe Bob, he really makes you, uh, you know, definitely see a different side of that. You know? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, fun. He's always had that knack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to watch him. I might even just fast forward over some of the movies and watch what he's saying. <laughs> That's I mean, really no. not a bad idea if it's movies <laughs> that you know you don't you're not crazy about. Right, or I've seen a bunch more. of times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know stuff like uh, Sleepaway Camp. You know, not really the best best movie, but I, mean, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's fun. But uh, I mean, also The Prowler. You know, like, so that's one I've not seen, so I might have to check that one out. I actually saw it for the first time. Uh, for the Joe Bob uh, interruptions there. Oh, really sweet. You know, I mean, he definitely picks some, um, you know, definitely not the movies that everybody knows. Yeah, oh, my yeah favorite that's good. Is the uh, Sorority Babes, the Slime Bolo. Oh, that's the best. I love that one. Even got a good spanking scene in there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking I might have, have to watch all these. Those sound fun now. Yeah. I've never, that's another one I've not seen. Oh, you haven't? God, no. they used to show that on, oh, I don't know if it was on USA Up All Night, one of those type things. Like they'd show it all the time. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. old uh, Charlie Band movie. Yep. And uh, yeah. Turk's Trap, that's another. That's another one I had never seen before. It's actually uh, very similar to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Really? I don't think I I've seen Taurus it either. I love Trap. Taurus Trap's Man. great. I'm out of touch. I'm out of the loop. Yeah. Isn't that the one with um, Chuck Connors? Yeah, Chuck Connors. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Neil, you got to see this movie. It's totally bizarre because I'm not even. Really? I'm not even going to tell you because it's all over the place. I mean, like you look at the trailer, you think, "Oh, it's just another Charlie Band movie." But once you watch it, it's like you know, it's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's all yep. over. The place. And Chuck Connors just rules. He's just the balls. He actually played for the Celtics at one time. Really? Yep. Not long before he became the Rifleman on TV. Mm. Played for the Celts for like three years. I think he blew out his knee or something. Mm. That's pretty sweet. Yep. They also played the uh, Pieces. Another good one I've never seen. Oh, nice. Oh, I love Pieces. That's yeah. another great one. And uh, Hellraiser. It's a pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good narration over Hellraiser. Nice. So is it just the opening, or does he come in, like, during segments? Oh, no. He comes in, you know, probably every, like, 20 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. You know, and he's probably on for, like, five minutes or so, you know, each time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's just like the old uh, TNT show. or It's actually a little bit more similar to the one he did on the movie channel before the TNT show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, they bring back the male girl. And, um, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I haven't seen all, you know, everything yet. But, mm-hmm. you know, so, so far what I've seen, you know, I mean, you just can't be, you know, Joe Bob hosting, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially a movie that's not that good, you know. He can really kind of amplify it, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's always so, got good insight in any of 
too. Oh yeah. So uh, this I'm really looking forward to is uh, a creep show. The series is coming to Shutter. Get out! Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, I haven't heard anything about this. Yeah, and uh, Greg Nicotero is going to be uh, supervising it. Totally yeah. badass. So this is very exciting to me. I love anthologies. I love creep show, and we haven't had like an anthology show where you know each episode is a different story. Yeah. We've had where the a season is its own story arc, so I'm very excited about this. Yeah, I didn't even know anything about this. This is great news. I'm loving so, this. Is it going to be kind of like American Horror Story then a little bit? Or... I think it's going to be each episode's its own story. Oh, I'm I... not positive. Right. Well, I hope so. That sounds so yeah. good to me. Yeah. I mean, I always said, you know, Tales from the Dark Side. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we haven't had one like that for quite a while, though. Yeah. And when was the last one? Like uh, Tales from the Crypt, maybe? Might be. It's been a long time. Uh, I guess Black Mirror to an extent. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I would, I would say that's more science fiction, but uh, but I think that's like the, the last one I could think of that, that does that uh, format. Hey, you're probably right. Oh, that's tremendous. I, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. Are they going to have, like, different directors each episode? Or? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's... I, I don't know. I don't think it's got that far yet. Oh, okay. It's just kind of announced they're making it. So. Oh, I'm totally geeked to hear that. Oh, I guess so, because he's going to be... Uh, Nicotero will be uh, directing the first episode. Sweet. So we must be different uh, directors, yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. That was one of those things I loved about the old um, Tales from the Crypt was, you know, you'd have the different director each time around. Oh. I just thought that made for so much, you know, just a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And then they would always have, you know, different paths. Mm. So they were always so different, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever happened to the, um, this was the new Tales from the Crypt or, like... Yeah, it just never came. I think it was something about HBO owning the rights to the the Crypt Keeper. Oh yeah, so they couldn't. And then yeah, so it, it never happened, which is which is a shame. Yeah, and Shyamalan having another hit movie. That's true too. Going, yes. I don't need to to do this now. <laughs> that was very true. I mean, but, they, yeah, I would have liked to see it. For a long time, I mean, I'm sure they didn't, you know, adapt all the comics that are out there, right? Or you know, you could even redo a lot of them. You know, like there'd be a whole different generation watching them now. Yeah, exactly. I would watch them. Oh yeah. Right. It was you. funny today at Walmart. I saw that they had the uh, the complete collection of the Tales from the Crypt. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So it's just kind of funny how that works out. Saw so, Juju be here on the Without Your Head group, which you can join Facebook.com slash group slash Without Your Head Horror. Uh, Walmart's going to be starting a streaming service similar to a Netflix. Oh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. I, I like the streaming sites. So. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think there's always room for more. Yeah, and it's cool now, too, because a lot of them, 
uh, have uh, exclusive stuff like Shud- like Shudder is having this show, and and Hulu's going to have the uh, the Castle Rock show. Mm. Yeah, I dig it. Yep, I'm down with it. I mean, Netflix, uh, you know, pretty good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Some yep. of the stuff I've seen on Netflix is just you know some of the best stuff I've seen anywhere. Yeah. I'm looking for a new Halloween. New poster came out. It looks pretty cool. Oh. Michael standing there, kind of looking up. Well, I mean, it's looking up at Michael from the ground. He's got the knife in his hand. Sun and kind of shining through his hair. Nice. It's cool to me. Yep, I'll definitely watch that. Now, is that out this this Halloween? I believe so. <clears throat> I believe it's out this October. Yes. Which is weird. The uh, director, David Gordon Green, you know, directs a lot of. He goes back and forward from a lot of, uh, you know, comedies, like Seth Rogen comedies and stuff, to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of dramas and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. I think this is his first uh, horror film. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tom Six put out the new uh, teaser for his new movie, The Onanya Club. Mm-hmm. What's that about? It's about like a, a masturbation group. Okay. And so in the teaser, it's a group of women, and they're watching the uh, the Twin Towers being exploding, uh-huh. and they're all, you know, uh, masturbating to that. Huh. Well, that's a little different. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, this is his first movie since uh, Human Centipede. Yeah, so, well, since, since part three, yeah. This is uh, the latest movie, The Onania Club, deals with the human vileness on uh, many levels. Its main theme is Schnadenfreude, an emotion that philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer called the most evil sin of human feeling and diabolic. Where the human centipede trilogy is mostly body horror, The Onania Club deals with this pure psychological horror. No plot details yet, but a glimpse of the story. Strong, rich, white L.A. women, uber bitches, run the show and deeply enjoy the misery of others. Hmm. It sounds, you know, interesting. Sounds yeah. original, I'd say. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. I, I really think Human Centipede 1 and 2 are very good movies. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw, I forget the name of it now, but an earlier movie, him as his, I thought was was well made. I think Human Centipede 3 is nearly unwatchable, but I do think it was <laughs> uh, done on purpose. Uh, so you say whatever you want about that idea, but uh, I do think he, he is a good filmmaker, though. Oh, yeah. Yep. Huh. Yeah, he's got a unique vision. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. He was a cool guy when I met him. Was he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if I was cropped out of the picture, uh, <laughs> not by him, not by him. Very, very weird. But anyway, so it was a good time. So, anything else, gentlemen? Uh, you always subscribe to us on the YouTube and uh, follow us on the Twitter. Uh, if you buy from Amazon, like most of you do, I assume. Use the link withoutyourhead.com slash Amazon, and we'll get a little bit back from that. Very cool. 
And I've been adding links to all the uh, to the recent podcast where you can buy their movies, you know, via Amazon. And it's good to use the link because, again, it won't cost anything extra, but without your head, we'll get a little bit back. Which is cool. That's a win-win. Yeah. Very good. It's a very good for us. He's a good. It is, indeed. It's good to have Andre back here. It was like old times. Everything just kind of fit right into place. It was very nice. Good to be back. Yo. So you can come back anytime. You could come and co-host with us, whatever you'd like to do. Yep. Sure. Uh, definitely appreciate that. Always a good time talking to you guys. Absolutely. And we wish you unlimited success. Mm-hmm. It would suck to wish some unlimited success. Unlimited? Why? Oh, you wanted it limited? No, no, I said it would suck to wish someone limited success. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. We wish you very limited success. <laughs> Be successful, but only to this to yeah. little point. If you get too successful, then we'll be pissed off, man. We'll write right. you down. So, uh, also, by the way, if you would like to learn the ancient art of stone carving, uh, the Hunter Stone Carving Seminar is happening this year. So go to uh, this Hunter Stone Carving page on Facebook and find out the dates, and it's very cool. You can, uh, if you're a beginner, if you're if you're an art, you can be a total novice, no artistic ability. You can be, you know, the fucking man or woman <laughs> at, uh, at art, and uh, and you can decide if you want to be there a day, an hour, a day, three days, the whole time, whatever it is, and you're going to get something out of it. Any age, they have kids there, they have uh, elderly people. Anybody in the area, or if you can make it to it, I highly recommend it. I really had a good time doing that. Always sounds like a blast, you know. And then with Kevin Van Hentenrecht doing it, like just mm-hmm. what a sweet guy. Just great, great. Uh, I, mean, I mean, he must be a really nice guy to me. What was that? I mean, he must be a really nice guy to, you know, to me. Oh, yeah. He's a great guy. He's very, very friendly. He's a great teacher. And he spends uh, the same amount with you if you, uh, you know, if, if you're a great artist or you're a novice, whatever. He's just a very nice guy and wants to see everyone do well. Huh. That's awesome. And uh, and no one in that area knows that he's like this guy from Basket Case. They just think he's <laughs> Kevin, the local stone carver, this local mason. Well, that's awesome in itself. Yeah. Where is dirty little secret? <laughs> It's very cool. Good times. All right. Well, I had a good time. This is a nasty deal. This is terrible, Troy. And this is the abominable Andre Van Poelman. And this was without your head. Sun, we play beach blanket bingo on the boardwalk. Summer girls are really the most. When their mangled bodies wash up dead along the coast. One day I'll pack it up and I'll move on away. Far away. To a place out in the sun. Away from the sun. And I'll have, have a doggy slash summer. The kind I want to see.
Down in the sand, lying in the sand. 